Welcome to Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one, each episode myself. And revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. Normally, this is not a who should have won podcast, but it is Oscar season. And we are here for our third annual Oscar special. And we're here to talk about who we think should win this Hell year. Yeah. That's right. And I have with me the two gentlemen who joined me last year. Before I introduce them, I just want to remind you, you can follow us on all of the socials at Best Picture Cast. Twitter is probably where we're most active. We're active on Instagram. There's Facebook. There's um, LinkedIn. There's Letterboxd. <laughs> we do, we do not, you will not find us on LinkedIn. I, I don't think we do well on LinkedIn. We're no. not the audience for uh, marketing frauds yeah <laughs> jeez get us there at best picture cast you can send us an email best picture podcast at yahoo.com but the socials are at best picture cast and as i said it is oscar season and if you listened to last year's episode you knew that it was myself it was joey r and it was adam st john and those gentlemen are back yet again i'll start with you joey joey Tis the season. You know, it's it, it feels like such a culmination of not sleeping and watching so many movies throughout the year. It, it, it all builds towards this, and it's so lovely, and I'm so happy to be here. Hell yeah. And uh, Adam, this is a, a time of year you, you like quite a bit, too. It, it, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm more trying to wrap my mind around the fact that it's no wonder you haven't been responding to my LinkedIn requests. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to, to, to wrap my mind around that. Um, no, yeah, this is... This is um, like my this is my Super Bowl season. This is my playoffs. Um, uh, I living in a non-major market area really blows, and I maybe talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, I, I'm 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 thrilled to talk Oscars. I've been living in that world, especially the last few days. So yeah, bring it on, bring on that gold statue. Hell yeah! And last year, as I mentioned, the three of us talked about the Oscars for the year 2021. We had a great conversation. Uh, I think we all listened to it. Yes, yeah. to prep, prep for this one. And it's a great episode. I encourage anyone to go out and check it out. It holds up. It's it's what we're doing here today is we're not doing predictions because there's frankly enough of that going on. So I don't think you need to that today. And plus, that stuff doesn't really date or age well. You no. know, I, I, listening to last year's Oscar special, I'm like, wow, this holds up great as an episode. And it's just thoughts on the movies that were out that year from the three of us. So uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to that either before or after this one. Uh, or, or wherever you want to. So uh, that's uh, last year around the same time, first week of March. Yeah, I, I love that episode last year so much. And, and like I think I've talked about that more than any other episode we've done. It was so much fun and it was so, you know, so much of what we do is, you know, old movies that live. And now we're kind of talking about things in the moment and not and what we think about them at the time. And the fact that when I re-listened, I was like, oh, this is as good as I remember. It was really made me happy yeah and, and listen the episode aside the three of us had a blast last well yeah we <laughs> absolutely yep and i think i think melissa tried to actually pull you away from the mic at one point you're like enough it's done uh metaphorically yes yep that was a thing that happened yes uh but but being I, now that i'm on the same time zone as you it, now honestly it's like she could she could care less yes i think i think this year it's like just stay down there. Just yeah. stay down in the bunker and, and leave me stay alone. Stay down straight through the Oscars. Just, you know, that's right. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, let me talk to you about a little bit what we're doing here today. We are going to go through a few select categories. It'll be the same ones we did last year. And they are uh, cinematography, which is one of my personal favorite categories. We're going to be doing original screenplay, which is one of Adam's 
favorite categories. We're going to be doing the four yep. acting categories. We're going to be doing director, and we're going to be ranking our best picture nominees from worst to first. In the other categories, we will pick what we call the odd person out, and we will pick who we think should win. So we're not going to rank each category, just picking who we think's that fifth placer and who we think is going to take, and who we want to take on the crown, right. who we think deserves to take on the crown. Again, it's not predictions here with this one. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Adam. Just a general thoughts on this Oscar season, this year of movies as a whole. I was actually, I was trying to think about this year in comparison to the last couple of years, from Nomadland to Coda to now. And the Nomadland year, there were a couple of films from that, from that year that I, that really broke through with me and that I, like, I think about a lot and that they, they really struck through. But last year was such a, it was all about how streaming kind of kept movies going. I mean, half the films up for Best Picture last year premiered on a streaming service. Now, they might have also gone to theaters, but they, but, you know, half of them were available. This year, it is loud and clear. It was about getting your ass in the cinemas um, and watching movies. And I, and I, I tried as much as possible. Um, I think the field of Best Picture nominees um, is very, it's very wide. Uh, which I think is I think is good ultimately for the Academy Awards. We're gonna I know we're gonna get to this in a little bit, but I gotta say like Oscars. What's your beef with horror? Because what a year for horror films. Yeah. I enjoyed myself watching movies this year. Yeah, Joe, how about you? Yeah, you know, um, shout out quick to the streaming circuit. You know, I did um, with him. He did a sixty-four movies from this year bracket. We broke it down and went. You know, he did some shenanigans rankings, but we did it. We went through all these movies. And going through it, I was like, oh, there's so many good movies. And then when it was done, I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of movies on here that I had fun watching. Um, like Adam, I said, horror. What a year for horror. Like just a lot of really fun different movies came out this year. There's no don't look up that's like sitting here like uh, in our face. Isn't there? Isn't there? I guess we'll get to that <laughs> later. Um, but uh, yeah, no, listen, I thought this was a great year of movies. And Adam, you know, you took the um, the lightning out of my hands a little bit there with uh, uh, the the horror. It was a great yeah. year in horror, you know, right. and, and underrepresented here, which isn't uncommon for what, what the Academy does. But I I really enjoyed movies this year, and I found myself in uh, more engaged conversation about film throughout the years, and um, more heated convos, more opinionated convos, and I think that speaks to how strong the year is, because when, when two people can feel so passionately about one movie versus the other and have a lengthy conversation and still leave pretty happy with what, what they talked about. I mean, that just, to me, speaks to how strong of, of a year the movies were in general. Yeah, and that's, it's just more fun when you could have those conversations and not just like, oh, this thing's bad. Like, it's just, there's so much different, and there's so much variety coming at you. The fact that we can name a list, like, rank our top horror movies that are really good. Yeah. And not just like, oh, well, those are, like, the top five horror movies. Like, one of them might be in my tops. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, we're, last year, I think we... Really, for the most part, I think we were, there were a lot of what we call clean sweeps, you know, where we were all three of us were, were pretty much exactly on the same page, pick the same one. I think this year we're headed for a more contentious conversation. And I think that's really a credit to how strong of a field it is, you know, front to end. And I got to say myself, I have some hot takes I'm going to be throwing out there. Uh, I'm, my days as the, as the baby face might be <laughs> over here. Uh, I think there's going to be some people tuning out. Uh, Adam, fortunately for you, all you have to do is end the Zoom. Uh, Joey <laughs> might actually have to physically throw me out of his house, ja Jazzy J style in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. What went after this combo? So, um, but we'll see. 
Wow, this is getting intense. Yeah, it could. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I might just keep the zoom on so I could see the throw. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, that's it. Okay, so before we get uh, we get into the thick of it, I just want to remind everyone. You know, when this is dropping, you'll we'll be in the second round of our action tournament. All three of us are participating in in that one. And get out there and vote. Vote on Twitter. Soon to be vote on Instagram as well. We'll think we'll be in this. This will drop on hopefully Monday. And I think voting will start the following day. So get in the mix there. We want to see what what action movie uh, takes home the old crown. Oh, man, it's exciting. And just starting today, day of recording. And it's getting a lot of love so far. I'm very happy. Yeah, good stuff. And let's talk about what we are drinking here today. And Adam, I think we'll start out with uh, you out there in Michigan. Sure. Well, thank you. And thank you for saying Michigan. Uh, I, I chose to go with a... A Michigan brewery. Uh, I got a variety pack from Dark Horse Brewing out of Marshall, Michigan. Uh, so my lineup is I got a raspberry ale open, followed by an apricot tree IPA, and then just your your run-of-the-mill IPA at the end. So middle of the pack, six percenters, no... Uh, no crazy shit like I did yeah, last year. Yeah, last, we don't, we don't last year you had like a triple imperial waiting for you at the end. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I it's actually, it's upstairs because I, I had the same pack and I was like, do I? And then I was like, nah, uh, well, not today. Well, it's it's it, it's, it's a, early. a few steps away if you need it, if you change your mind. So there's always that. <laughs> but I've been very consistent lately, which is boring. I'm going to have to switch it up the next time. But uh, the Founders All Day IPA, you know, for something that's going to be a nice, long, need to keep my wits about me. <laughs> so also a Michigan beer. Yeah. So lots of Michigan going on. Okay. And I have, because it's not just Oscar season, that this is one of my favorite times of the year. I got my birthday coming up, but most importantly, I have baseball coming up. It's baseball season. We're heading toward opening day. Spring training just started and the Braves are uh, projected to have another very good year after a hundred win season last year and a world series championship the year before. So I'm hoping, uh, you know, we have another one going. And so I have a nice Georgia beer here. And we also uh, talked a lot about Georgia in our last release. Yes, you did. Driving Miss mm-hmm. Daisy. That was uh, <laughs> not a very good movie, but a surprisingly fun podcast. We had a good time talking about that. I have the Sweetwater Brewing Company. This is from Atlanta, Georgia. And it's the Hazy IPA. It's a double dry hopped Hazy IPA. So Sweetwater Brewing Company, check them out. They do a great job. And I'm ready to go here. It's it's time, I think, guys. Well, let's what do we let's say? get into it. Okay. Boom. So we are going to start as we have each of the first two years. And we should say the first year we did it with Zeta Short. Yep. You can check that year out, too. That was the uh, the Nomadland mm-hmm. winning, so it was 2020. And then last year, of course, was the uh, Coda winning one, which was a bit of a surprise based on from when we were recording. I think we were mostly expecting Power of the Dog to win at that point. And uh, we'll see what happens this year. So let's start with cinematography. I will read off the nominees here. We have Tar, Empire of the Light, Elvis, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Bardo Adam. Would you like to go first here to get us, get us started? Oh, sure. We're looking for um, your odd person out, your OPO. What a... What a uh, uh, an uncharacteristically uncharacteristically weak year for cinematography nominations. I think they uh, I think they fucked this one up pretty bad. If I'm gonna be perfectly honest, um, and like three of these films are just not good. I mean, there's just three not good films in here. Um, yep. uh, and so I'm gonna go with the one that is the the least good of them, and uh, let's get Elvis the fuck out of this category. Yep, that's okay. one of the three for me too. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, uh, Joey, is that yup? But you agreeing? To- well, I also have three. Uh, since Adam went Elvis, um, I'll go with my um, Bardo as my next one. That should be out because I have three out. I have like seven to go. In. This is really, you know, I have changes in other categories. This is the only one where I'm like, what did you guys do? Okay. All right. So uh, I mean, we're starting off. <laughs> we're starting off good here, guys. I like this. W- what's the third one? So we'll get it off the Empire face of Light. Okay. All right. Was that same yes. for you? Okay. So yes. I actually had a little bit of a hard time with this one because I actually kind of like this category this year, believe it or not. So we're, we're starting off on the wrong page right <laughs> in the beginning here. And I'd love to, love to see that. Okay, so let me clarify that a, a bit. I do think there were two pretty significant snubs here that I would have preferred to see in here uh, in the sense of, uh, a, I would have said, Banshees of Inishir and, and I thought Top Gun Maverick both both belonged uh, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. and nope would be absolutely. my third very egregious yeah <laughs> however i i do i do like that empire of the light is represented a little bit i i happen to i happen to enjoy the movie i know joey we, you, you already were a little shocked uh, i told you that a, a week ago or so we, we really don't talk about these at all no. it's been very very hard it's been so it. hard because people have like texted us in group chats yeah, and like both of us are <laughs> both of us are just silent and <laughs> That's right, reminding them, though, not in the group chat, Texas on the side, Texas on the side. Yeah, I don't know. what I, Whatever it was about Empire of the Light, I just, I found it lovely. I was sucked into it. I, I totally enjoyed living in that world. Uh, Sam Mendes is just, I, I, you know, he just bats a thousand for me. I, I think that the movie is a bit of a miss considering all the people involved. You have, you have the, you have the, the Reznor and the, uh, the Atticus Ross of it and... Deacon's doing the cinematography. Darius Kanji is the uh, the director of photography for Bardo. And I really, I respect his work. Recently, he did Uncut Gems. Right. Uh, he did Okja. Uh, if you throw it further back, he did Seven. Yeah, good the, work. The, good the work. The DP of Seven. So I do like that he's getting recognized a little bit here. So I didn't pull him out. Um, Bardo is hot garbage. Oh, yeah. I mean, the movie is... Um, it's really everything I hate in a movie. I gotta say that, you know. And the one thing that that was at saving grace to me was the it's, cinematography. It's a tough, it's a it's one, a tough hang. Yeah. So I, I I sadly pulled out Empire of Light. Um, <laughs> I I just you know I I liked it. I enjoyed it, but it does kind of reek like a we're nominating Roger Deakins to, for the sake of nominating Roger Deakins. Probably probably a lot of Elvis talk ahead, so we won't go too deep into that. But I think that the task. At hand there was was challenging, and I thought some of the execution was pretty good. Uh, Tar we'll talk about later. All Quiet on the Western Front we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm going to as uh, as I I sing my praises for Olivia Coleman and San Mendes and uh, Toby Jones, and I, I I did enjoy Empire Light quite a bit. That can easily come out of this, and you can put in either Top Gun or Banshees, and and that's that. And I don't think Nope is far behind on those that could that should be in cinematography either. Like I think this category, they they botched the bottom three. Adam, you have Elvis coming out, Joey, you have Bardo coming out, and I have Empire of the Light coming out. So we did all kind of cover that's those the three movies three, you yeah. uh, you referred to there. Right. So let's talk about winner, and Adam, we'll go to you on that one. Uh. For me, given the nominees, and as much as I I did like how Tar was shot, this to me is was was pretty clear, and I I think that the best cinematography of the bunch is All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay, uh, Adam goes All Quiet on the Western Front. Joey, I actually went with Tar. I love the way it was shot. the The cinematography really brought me in. Um, I loved it the first time on the rewatch. That's really where my head was fully at. Um, I think it was it was close. I went back and forth and. About a week ago, it probably was different, but Tar is the is the winner for me. 
Yeah. So uh, Tar was one like when the nominees came out. I hadn't seen Tar yet, and I'm like, oh come on, Tar! Like we're gonna we're kicking out Top Gun Maverick and, and Tar's in there. But I agree with you, Joey. I really liked how that was shot. However, I'm going with Adam's choice, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, for my winner there. I, I thought it was a, a pretty clear winner, as as creatively shot as I thought Tar was. To me, All Quiet was just was just it's great, man. Yeah. Devastatingly beautiful, and and you know the the whole man. You know, capturing on film the whole man versus nature, man versus man, man versus machine, and just getting it all on film, the way it was lit, the whole deal. Um, yeah, it's to me makes a makes a fine best cinematography Oscar winner. Yeah, no, I think it's great. That last shot I think really sticks with you with all quiet. Like I you know, I'm not mad at that at all. I think that's great. Yeah. Okay, so there we go. There we're we're off to a hot start here with this with uh, cinematography in the books. Now I'll say before we get on to original screenplay, we wanted to talk about a couple of movies that were not recognized in any of these categories we're discussing. So maybe there were some below the line ones or so that it was, but wanted to shout out movies there that were not mentioned here that we wanted to give a little love to. And Joey, I'll have you go first on this one. Yeah, so I threw out Babylon and Nope. Um those are two movies I really, you know, I know Babylon's divisive, but I, I really love it. Um, nope, another thing. And honestly, Mia Goth and Pearl, I really wanted her, her to get some. <laughs> I think she is goddamn fantastic, and I think she is worthy of a nomination for that movie. Okay, then. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen Pearl yet. I haven't seen Pearl. I'm, I'm still, I'm still picking, oh, picking up the... That watching you two go through that was amazing. <laughs> That was great. That was so worth it. Um, my eyes are. I'm trying to un- with a, unroll my with eyes a from watching of X. Joey's baby in the background. <laughs> this was amazing. Oh, yeah, oh man. Adam, I'll have you go next. Just movies here that you thought could have been recognized. Um, I did it on the Babylon. Um, on the comment, I really, I, I really enjoyed it yeah. for what it was. I, it was chaotic. It was kind of a mess, but I, I, I thought it made its point about. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a more vulgar singing in the rain, and I like, I like singing in the yeah. rain. So there you go. Um. I, there's a couple of ways to go with this. I, I think the only, the only two that I want to also shout out uh, would be uh, absolutely no love for she said, um, which I saw and I I really did enjoy as a as a kind of a procedural kind of thriller newspaper movie. I thought it was good, but for me the the biggest shock was absolutely nothing for the Woman King. Uh, I I really enjoyed that as a watch. Melissa and I totally were on board with that movie. Um, it easily could have slotted in the best picture, but then no picture, no actress, no below the lines, no design. This is a movie that's got like, it's got battle sequences and it's, it's set in a land that isn't ours. So the costume and the production is not nothing, not a single nomination that honestly was, was baffling to me. And I think it's a, it's a movie worthy of something and, and it didn't get, at least Babylon has score, right? Think, yeah. but like fucking woman King has nothing. Yeah. Uh, well, I would like to personally thank the Academy for not nominating Babylon for anything above the line, just just because it saved me three hours of my life. I I plan on using that three hours in a positive, constructive way. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I will I will help someone else with that time. I promise you that Academy. So thank you. With all the movies I had to watch, three plus hours of Babylon is just not something I needed. Now I know you guys love it, so I will check it out eventually. But I, homework watching Babylon was just kind of the last thing I wanted to do. So when those nominees came out, I, it got a good solid <laughs> fist pump. 
you know. Shame on you for, for Bardo, though, because that's money. That's time I will not get back. So. Oh, no, you never get that oh, back. Boy. You never get that back. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I have to call out Nope. Um, I, I absolutely loved it. I dare to say it, it may be my favorite Jordan Peele movie. I thought it was so clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was brilliantly crafted. I thought it was visually awesome. And some of the characters in there just were, were just were just just so well written and man the movie just just got to me and yeah. and the more time I had after it the more I thought about it Stephen Yun's character in it is Great. is just so fascinating and I, they probably just didn't get it yes, you know 100%, or, that's or what didn't it is. didn't know how to process it to me it easily could have slid into a whole bunch of these categories particularly the one that we're about to discuss so uh, I have to uh, shout out nope um, I know it is a bit of a divisive movie. I think, like you said about Babylon 2, because I think there are some people who are like, it's easily his third best of, yeah. of the three. I think so. it's a movie that people take at face value and just miss everything. Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya, I, an awesome, Kiki subtle performance too. Yeah. I think that's 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 spot on. I do think that um, your, your aged Academy member uh, is going to want a more spoon-fed movie where everything's laid out. Even if it is an original concept, they're going to want more answers. Uh, and that was the thing about Nope. You know, like, you, I mean, I won't go into too much detail, but, like, you know, you still get to the the stuff with the the, the monkey. And mm. it's, like, not, not, not everything is really answered with that. No. And it makes you, like, it's a, we got done with that movie. That was, like, I was talking about that, like, a week later. Hell yeah. Still, like, oh, so yeah. What was, What's with the fucking monkey? Let's talk about Seriously. that monkey. And just so creepy. And it just, and it's just like that that is like that's effective hard, oh man. When it's just when it leaves the you claustrophobia. Thinking, it, it's it's like a monster under your bed. Yeah. You know, you're like, "Man, I didn't get any answers about that at all." And now <laughs> I got to check under my bed now. <laughs> like, me, so when, yeah. me and Kristen saw it on like opening night. The next day we drove out to Montauk. The entire drive out to Montauk, the first part of the drive, we listened to a podcast about Nope, and then the rest, we talked about Nope. Cool. Yeah, and, and, and I love those conversational piece movies. So I wanted to shout out also uh, uh, BJ Novak's first Vengeance. directed, uh, Vengeance. Really enjoyed it. You yep. know, uh, I was a little surprised it just didn't get in, in maybe not even the Oscars, but like nowhere across the board right. was it recognized at all. I don't know if it's a little bit of that, you know, first first film type of thing. Uh, I don't know. Adam, did you see, did you see Vengeance? I did not, um, and uh, I only heard good things about it. I mean, Jory, you were one of the people who who recommended it, and I just, you know, all all of the movie watching, we got to try to get in. But I only heard good things about it. Yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. And it's, that's another one I think could have slid into this next category that we're about to talk about. Um, I, I do want to say here, it, we're going to stay very spoiler-sensitive, pretty spoiler-free with all these movies here. I realize that, you know, not everyone has crammed all these movies in like, like we have... Uh, here, so you know we're not going to go into huge major plot points. Keep that in mind too, as you're as you're listening on. Uh, okay, are we ready to go on to uh, original screenplay, Adam. This is one of your favorites. We talked about this last year. Here, um, if you wanted to talk a little bit about the category, what you expect out of the category, and uh, we'll we'll then read off the uh, the nominees. I I would love to. I'll I'll, I'll re- reiterate that. Uh this is the cool kids club. I think this is where you're going to see a lot of inventive films. Generally speaking, you'll see this is where like, like when in Bruges came out, right in Bruges got an original screenplay nominee. Right. And like, that was the only nominee it got, but it really praised the screenplay and the writing. I definitely was not thrilled with last year's batch. Uh, I I'm on record about that. I thought it was a pretty terrible group of, of movies outside of the worst person in the world. This year's batch, I think is like, upper echelon like i these are in terms of what i expect from the the category i'm thrilled i am ecstatic about the films that are in this bunch 
Cool. I'll say too, you know, because that, that saved me asking the question because I remember last year you were pretty disappointed. I guess I'll stay on brand with what's going on. Well, I think that the type of move, movie that they chose here for this one is is way more on point than what they were doing last year where last year they were picking a lot of, you know, okay, it was an original screenplay, but it was based on a real person or a real, you know, right. the, so that's how really original is that? Uh, so this year they went into, they did a better job with that. However, I, I kind of view at least three of these pretty undeserving of, of a nomination. But uh, I guess we'll <laughs> we have to flip the script there a little bit on that one. Too. I can already tell our best picture rankings are going to be fucking all. Oh, over I the think place. they will. I think Very they exciting. Will. Yeah, yeah. We we have a lot to hash out then. So the, I'm going to kind of pick my spots a little bit here with this because I I, w- I would rather save my harder right hooks and my stiffer left jabs for for the later rounds when we go into the the best picture stuff. But we'll lay the groundwork for how I feel about some of this stuff as as we talk about it here. Uh, but I'll I'll go first with the odd man out here, and I'm not going to say all that much, but that uh, this one, while I said there's kind of three here that I don't think are really, I'm excited about the fact they got nominations, this one was pretty easy for me to pull out here, and that one would be Triangle of Sadness. So I would be yanking that as my odd person out quickly, swiftly, and stiffly. Joe, how about you? So I actually, I was really happy with this category. Um, so I almost didn't pull anything out, but you know, there's some categories where I'm not, but so I'm going to leave it here and I'm also pulling out triangle of sadness. Okay. Okay. That's uh, uh, and even, even if you're not pulling it out, there's still it's has an odd be, man out. It has to be a fifth place. Right. Yeah. We there's a fifth place to every, every five, uh, right. Five so that would be the group. fifth place, but yeah. I okay. love it. Uh, so Adam, how, how are we doing over there? Uh, gentlemen, that is what we call. Not uh, okay, I, knew, I didn't uh, think. I didn't think so. I was I like, "No so. fucking way!" Uh, <laughs> and and if you and if you could get my sense of what I want from this category, I knew I knew this probably was won't shock you. It is the yeah. yeah. I knew that was coming. Yeah. yeah, that is my five. Yeah. Get it out of here. <laughs> yeah, based on his based on his life, it's a life story thing. You're not doing a whole ton of uh, well creation. Yeah, it's not just that, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, there we have is our, our fifth placers. Now it's time to pick. Zewina. And since I went first in the other one, I guess I will go first here. It wouldn't be his first Oscar because he's won for, I believe, short film before. But Banshees of Inishir and Martin McDonough taking home the original screenplay for Banshees of Inishir in here. I had two at the top here and I ended up going with Everything Everywhere All at Once for the winner here. Okay. Then Adam, I guess we'll get yours, and then we'll discuss uh, we'll discuss a bit a bit across the a board. Uh, wh- I, I one through four, I really enjoy, and this was not this was not easy. Um, but uh, the film that you're talking about is Six Shooter, and I am also going with the Banshees of okay. Sharon. Yes, I knew the uh, the Martin McDonough fanboy, and you couldn't resist <laughs> in this category, right? <laughs> you know, I yes, yes, and no, because like. Uh, there's something about the other four movies outside of the Fablemans that really, I, I, there are parts of each of these that just really suck me in I, from a from a storytelling perspective. So it was it, this was not easy. This was not an easy pick. That's yeah. tough. Okay. Uh, so I mean, I I just think that the screenplay here for Banshees is it's such a world builder, and it's it's such a it's such a warm blanket. The, the rewatch of it. I just felt so at home. So I felt satisfying. Like, yeah, I felt like I've been here before. I've been to this island before. You know, I've had a beer at this bar before. And 
Well, you were there last year with Belfast. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That was the mainland, though. It's a little yeah. more dangerous. I know. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> a little more dangerous. So they, you just got to. You just got to make sure a, your uh, your animals are in order. You just took here. a boat trip over. Yeah. <laughs> I think so much of that is credit to the to the written word here, and of course how it's delivered. And if I'm not mistaken, Adam, you could correct me with this one because you, you might know a little better than me. This is. While it's his most recent work, I think this is a bit of an earlier work for him, right? Didn't he have this one on the shelf for a little while? No. Do you want me to? Do you want me to launch into yes, that? Do it. Because yeah. it's yeah, we're here. It, okay. For anybody who doesn't know, I'm, I'm I'm a theater person, and McDonough made his bones doing theater. Um, so he has these two different trilogies. He has the Lenane trilogy, and he has the Aaron Islands trilogy, which consists of um, uh, the Cripple of Inishman, um, the Lieutenant of Inishmore, and what was what was meant to be called the Banshee of um, of Inishirin. Um, or in a sheer actually, um, uh, but it was it was never written. It was uh, and apparently whatever he had, he was completely embarrassed about. So that trilogy never went finished in terms of it being on the stage. So when I heard about this, I was excited because I I recognized the title. I was like, oh, this was the incomplete play that he was he was set to do. Um, nobody knows what the play version of this was. It was never produced. It was never written or it was never uh, um, um, published. So. Nobody really knows how far it is from what he originally uh, wrote. Uh, so it was never, it, as an idea, yes, it was on the shelf, but never never officially mounted. Yeah, cool. All right. And and because the actors are going to be very well represented here in the, in the next categories we talked about, uh, but I, I, I do think while all of the performances, I think, are stunning in this movie, they're really assisted by such a, a unique script you know right. to me when it, when i say unique not a bombastic idea not not anything that's going to be be symbols and and snare drums it's just kind of very like a simple human story taking place on an island off the coast of a country where things aren't going very well so as, as you um, learn yeah. more about the history it even becomes more rewarding yeah, yeah. so uh, Joe, talk a little about your winner yeah so i was between banshees and everything um i went with everything a lot because of the idea and the payoff of the idea for me that's such you know everything about that movie really does work i think it's effective and the idea to you know the paper really comes across and that's that's what i was looking for with it yeah, very simply i oh, i bought the screenplay i've never done that before Adam was everything everywhere your runner up? No, actually, it was my number three, and and I, I want to say that there's a more there's a more extended conversation when we get to the the best yeah. picture rankings. My number two was actually um Tar. Okay, okay, yeah. um for which again I will I will expand right. upon further right. when we get to the best picture. Um, but uh, but yeah, um again like just sound sound choices across the board. Honestly, like I yeah. I, I really like this year's batch of films. Yeah, t- uh, Tar also would have been my runner up there. So, and, and Joe, you had as your runner Banshees. As Banshees, okay. Cool. All right, so that's well covered there. Uh, let's head to the acting category, Ooh, shall we? We'll start as the, usually as the awards do. We'll start uh, with with the supporting men, and then we'll do the uh, supporting ladies here. So, does that sound good? Yeah. Joey, would it be your turn to start here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So, let's get your odd person out, your OPO from Joey R. I think this is another good category. My, my odd man out, I'm taking out because I just think there was someone more deserving in the movie, um, and Judd Hirsch. Okay. Uh, so, I'll, I'll go next. Um, I, I want to say, and I don't know, if Adam, we'll see, you know, maybe you're on the opposite end of this with the two. I actually really like the nominees in this in this yeah. category, too. I think there are four that are 100% deserving of the statue here, like truly deserving of the statue. And uh, my odd person out, 
I don't think is deserving of, of the statue. I think there were better choices in that movie. I think there were a plethora of better choices with a bunch of the movies that we already talked about and that we'll continue to talk about. But I do really like him, and I thought he did a fine job. It, and that's Judd Hirsch yeah. uh, as well. So, oh, I thought he was really good um, in it. I just yeah, think, it just yeah. It, there, to me, there's just not a there's not a um, it's not a way a cause for it. And, and there were other options within right. the movie. I thought I thought David Lynch could yeah and more deserving. <laughs> but um, and and I'm real hard on Paul Dano. In you the are, past, but I, I thought I would have nominated him over to Hirsch too. Me too. Uh, so, Adam, kick it off to you. That is what we call it. There it hey. is. All right, we had to have one here. We did have to have one here. You know, I'm always, I, I'm always interested in when the academy, the academy chooses to pick a, a very small, like by small, I mean screen time performance for something like this. The one that comes out that stands out to me is when William Hurt was nominated for a History of Violence. He's like oh, in the movie for like four minutes. Um, and but like to me like I don't know there uh, that that nomination doesn't bug me when I think about that one and I uh, but that's because I I think he, he maybe he might have been the best performance in the movie I don't know um but I think in when it comes to the Fablemans uh I I just don't think it's not that and yeah it's not that he isn't good but I don't I actually don't think that that scene is as impactful as I think maybe others do if that makes sense I like, I agree if, if, I know Joey you disagree I think you, you you that you said was one of your favorite scenes. Yeah, it's one of my favorite scenes yeah. in the movie. I, I really think that, especially on the rewatch, and we'll talk about you know the whole thing later. But yeah, I really think that scene works. Yeah, and I, I kind of lend more with you, Adam. Is that kind of scene didn't really do a whole lot. But I do like Judd Hirsch a lot, yeah. and I thought he was fine in it. I think, but it was kind of because this is this is one that I saw after some of the buzz was good. It, it was weird with him because I think he was like he was an early an early quote-unquote lock or like they're like oh it'll be judd hirsch and then he like had that bell curve going where then it went into there's no way judd hirsch is going to get it and then <laughs> to the point that he became a surprise when he right. did get it so when i saw the movie i'm like they couldn't like they, they're not going to nominate him for this and then he came out as a surprise there so um yeah so but i i was a little low on that scene too so um yeah this is a little bit of a, a surprise to me i thought they were better especially when the other four i think are so strong like, yeah. I think it really stood out. Yeah. So let's go to, to the winner here. And uh, Joe, I think we started with you, so we'll yeah. go with you here. Who you who you haven't taken on the crown here? You know, I went with um, Kei-Hu Kwan, really, for all the reasons I said with screenplay. I love him, and I've loved him on this whole thing. And really, with the rewatches, he sticks with me. Yeah, I mean, I, I just do want to emphasize again, is I really see four Academy Award winning performances here. I, I agree. I really do. I think all, I thought all of them were great. Well, and I, if any of them won, super I'd be pumped. like, it, it's one that you look back and say, ooh, that was a good winner yeah. in this category. No, I agree. I'm happy with it. And, and these are, they're all people like, they're all actors I root for and want to root for. So <laughs> yeah. if any, if the, any of the four go, because, you know, Brian Tyree Henry, you know, he was the best part of Bullet Train. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't what, see what a weird why are you I'm just giving him credit for the movie he's not nominated for. I like that he pointed right into the screen at you too, Adam. Emphasis. That. <laughs> you hear that, brother? That's like that's like saying Kate Winslet was the best part of Avatar: The Way of Water. Like, who gives a shit? Like, Brian Tyree Henry does, Adam. <laughs> Oh, oh that was great. Uh, I'm going to be do a little bit of a long-winded preface here with this. I'll condense it best I can. I'm getting a feeling this year in particular, a lot of people in their choices are, are picking the performers over the performances. 
I think we're getting a lot of that this year where people are saying, I want this person to win, therefore they should win, as opposed to this was the best performance and this should win based on that. I think there's, there's been a lot of that across the board. And I'm really trying to not be a hypocrite and and go against that the best I can here. You know, so this is a this is a category where I would love to give it to the performer that I love, who, who I'm a huge fan of. He's in some of my favorite movies, and I would love to give this award to Brendan Gleeson. But I'm going to stay true to my point here with this, saying that you have to you have to give it to the performance and not the best story and not the person who is has gone the longest without an Oscar or the person who's it's great to have them back in the mix again. What's the best performance? And to me, with with four what I consider award winning performances, um, I thought Barry Keegan was the, was the best performance here. Um, he had a lot of heavy hitters around him. He had a lot of big time performances around him, and he low key stole the movie in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought he had a I thought he had a, a difficult task, and I, I really thought he cashed in on it. So I, I have Barry Keegan as as my supporting actor winner this year. Adam, I guess we'll uh, have you either be the tiebreaker or, or send it into a, a three-way melee. Well, I, I definitely am the tiebreaker, and, and you've both said my one and two. Oh. Um, and, uh, and I do, it's, I, you know, I, I got to say after the way that SAG Awards went, uh, Karen, I, I understand your sentiment um, about picking the person over the performance. Um, and I've made my, my spiel about, you know, what I want to see is an actor who gets to do a lot of different things in the movie and has a lot of different emotional beats. Um, the last thing I want to see is somebody play the same thing throughout a, a performance. Um, and there was a lot of very subtle performances not recognized here, which I, I'm totally fine with. But I got to say, Kiwi Kwan, everything, everywhere, all at once. I think he was, he, yeah, it is nice to see him back in the mix again, but I think he was given an opportunity to do a bunch of different things in the movie. And I thought he played all, he, he got to basically be, basically be in his version of in the mood for love, but also be kind of a goofball in it as well. And I think of the performances in that movie, this is the one that sticks with me. Oh, I agree with you. It might be controversial with some of the other ones who are nominated, right. but uh, this is the one that I, I dig the most. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. And there's another that, that I think, you know, is, keeps pace with that too. But um, yeah, well said, well said there. And uh, probably the favorite, I would I would think. It's not an, that's not a, uh, a yes. that's not a controversial I think- statement. At, at the, after Sags, I think it's the only lock. Right. I think I think it's I think it's him, yeah. and everything else is kind of like ah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so there we go. With our winners here. Now this is our last opportunity to talk about Causeway, uh, Adam. Um, unless you'd rather talk about Bullet, Bullet Train, but no, no, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, uh, that Bullet Train was a great plane movie, so I'm I'm fine. I, I don't feel like I wasted my time. Yeah. Um, Causeway, what a. <sighs> You know, I, I'm not even that old, so I don't even want to say this, but, like, they used to make movies like this all the time, right? Kind of just, like, character-focused human dramas, and you just kind of watch stuff play out. There's not – where there's not really a plot, you know? We're just kind of watching somebody try to get through. Um, you know, I, low-key, I thought Jennifer Lawrence was pretty good in this movie as well. Totally agree. perfectly yeah, honest. for sure. Um, but I'm not I'm not surprised it didn't get a lot of love. It, it's – it's it when it, it doesn't really – like has a, a great climax to it, so I, I get it. It's funny. I actually think the nomination is for Brian Tyree Henry. While he's good in the movie, I think this is kind of a we missed you a couple times in the past. We missed you on If Bill Street Could Talk, so it's it's kind of like a you've been doing great work for the last five years, and we fucking missed you. 
So here's a good performance, and and because I'm not trying to take away from the nomination, I think he earned it. But I think there's also a bunch of shit he was he missed for in the last four or five years. Yeah, well, I mean, as someone who has never seen him in a movie before, oh, uh, this I, is, okay. I knew nothing about him coming. I was pretty blown away by his performance, uh, and oh, I you need to see if Bill Streak could talk and uh, widows. Yeah, and I, I'm happy you said that about Jennifer Lawrence too, because. Again, I thought she was was just someone no one talked about in this whole season mm-hmm. and, and really was a nice... And, and uh, those are low-key my favorite types of movies where it's just two people just trying to get through the day, you know, or one person trying to get through the day or four people trying to get through the day. But there's just... You, n- nothing really happens, you know? It's it's not three hours long, so you don't have to, you know, right. be like, well, what are we doing here? Quick little, nice little 90-minute movie, you know, just live with some people and their problems and, and, you f- and, and get through it. Yeah. And their chemistry was just top-notch. It and- really was. I, I love. I just loved watching them. Like watching them just driving in a car was really engaging. Yeah. And I recommend anyone check out Causeway. Like I said, it's about ninety minutes. It's on Apple Plus. If you don't have it, get the get the. Free, they give you like a three month free trial. Yeah, totally worth it. Easy watch. Causeway. Check it out. All right. So uh, we're putting that to bed. I think everything else we're talking about is is in play moving forward. So let's head to supporting actress and the nominees for supporting actress. Did I not read the nominees for the men? You didn't. I didn't. I okay. just realized well, that we figured them out now. So uh, <laughs> for the uh, let's get this shit on track, right. gentlemen. So in case you we're excited, it was Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Kehi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Barry Keegan for Banshees of Inisherin and Brendan Gleeson for Banshees of Inisherin. So that was supporting. We just covered that. We're headed to Best Supporting Actress. And the nominees for Best Supporting Actress this year are Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wanakanda Forever. Did I say that right? Did I get that? Wakanda Forever. <laughs> Wakanda Forever. Kerry Condon and the Banshees of Inisherin. Hong Chow for The Whale. Jamie Lee Curtis. For everything, everywhere, all at once, and Stephanie Sue for everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay, odd person out. Uh, I go first. Yeah, maybe I'll go last. I'll go last in this one because the NWO music is going to be coming out here yes. on, on this I, one. I know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm taking the gloves <laughs> off. Uh, okay, so Joey, go first here. Oh, oh so okay, I watch a lot of movies, and I very much love the MCU movies. I am about 12 years into seeing every MCU <coughs> release the week it opens, without fail. I, am, I, I love them, I rewatch them, but I watch them differently. I don't put them in this kind of Oscar-y world. I think Angela Bassett was great, but I, Angela Bassett would be my odd person out, yes. Well, I, I, I hate to be the, the tension breaker, because I, I think we already know where Kieran is yeah. going with this. Um, uh, and I will say, for for our ranking purposes, you know, um, that, that that Angela Bassett is my four, um, and I get it. Um, my five, and 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 honestly, this is actually pretty easy for me. Was Jamie Lee Curtis in Everything Everywhere All at Once? She was four for me. Uh, okay, <clears throat> let's let's cue the music here. I I, I do want to say about this category is I I don't really like this category. That this is one where I only think there's really two maybe maybe i could be convinced of a third here that that are oscar caliber in in this one here but i need to talk about my number five here and that is angela bassett for for black panther now i i have this is this year i've actually seen all the movies for everything we're covering you know i I think in the past couple years there's been one or two that were out and i was going to leave this one out 
because I don't do the Marvel thing. Right. Uh, I've seen the early ones. I've seen the Captain Americas. I've seen the Avengers, the, the earlier Avengers, up to Civil War. You know, I've done my fair share of Marvel to know that it's not for me. Fair. So I was just going to kind of just play the 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 ignorant dunce with this and just be like, oh, Marvel movies, blah, 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 easy fifth place, don't move on, and not watch and go. I wish I had done that. I really do wish I had done that because I watched this movie and I cannot, for the life of me, think of the, th- of, of, of the thoughts bouncing around someone's head that they see Oscar in any of these performances, particularly the one that they chose. I, I just, I don't see it. Other than the fact that it's Angela Bassett, who is a wonderful actress, who I really like a lot. I don't see anything in that performance that says to me that we need to have an award ceremony to honor this person's performance in this thing. It, this, is, this is absurd to me. And if she were to win, I will go as far to say it'll be one of the worst performances ever to be awarded an Oscar based on what I saw watching this movie. So I think the problem with this, why I put it as my least, is that it didn't happen in the vacuum of this movie. It happened with the first Wakanda. It happened with Chad McBoseman dying and everything that they did with his character in this. I think it was all attached to that because I think the movie alone, I don't disagree with you at all. I, I mean, I removed her. And I love, listen, yeah. I think this is better than the first Black Panther, which was nominated for Best Picture, which it shouldn't have. But I, I think the the I think it just happens on too broad of a scale. You know, and, and the, the Best Picture thing, I can, even that I can get my head around more because there is, I don't, I don't hate the idea of there kind of being a biggish blockbusterish type of thing that you're going to put as the tenth movie in a category, but an acting performance is kind of a sacred thing, especially for me. this year. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. You, she, Angela Bassett was not your five because can you play a, a devil's advocate here, Adam? With with this, uh, you know what? No, uh, I can't, and um, I want to actually. Like you, you, you've set up these tracks so well, the both of you. And now I just want to take the train through it because I think everything you've said so far is true. I think, I think what you've said about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever is true. I think the movie is not good. It's not a good movie. And Joe, I think you're totally right about this is a continuation of the first one, and that Chadwick Boseman is no longer with us. And I think the continuation is the botching of the Oscars when they decided to end the show yes. with Best Actor because they thought. Chadwick Boseman was going to win, and he didn't. And I'm okay with Anthony Hopkins winning, but they fucked that up so royally that now it's like we're swinging back full circle to award a performer, almost like a continuation of a story. When like, and here's the thing: it's not good. It's not good. I think, and I think, don't get me wrong. I think she's fine, but it the movie itself, the. It, it does not. It doesn't deserve recognition. And um, but I will say I have come full circle on the original Black Panther um, because I rewatched it about a week or two before uh, Wakanda was released on on streaming, and I think that movie actually holds up really well. Um, that being said, but Black Panther: Wakanda Forever is something that the way that you felt about like I'm not going to devote my time to Babylon. I wish I had that time <laughs> yeah. back because I I thoroughly was so underwhelmed with that it's movie. funny because I, I black panther the original goes down for me every time outside of michael b jordan and chadwick and this this one i think is better and i know i'm in the minority of that this one just oh, really worked for wow. me yeah <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah I, oh joey no. i know 
I, I will, I guess I have to be fair in saying that I have never seen Black Panther, so I am watching a sequel without seeing the original. Your so points I realize, aren't wrong, though. Oh, yeah. I was, like, beside myself with what I was watching <laughs> with this. I'm like, we're, we're talking Oscars here? Like, what is happening? Yeah. But, okay, so that's fine. Uh, Adam, talk a little bit about your about your fifth place and why uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was behind this. Uh, yes. Um, it, I, I, was, I was so funny. I was walking through campus today. I didn't pack a lunch, and I was a little hungry, so I wanted to go buy some Cheez-Its. And I'm walking through campus, and I was thinking about this category specifically and because I, I hadn't nailed it down. And the reason I think I landed on Jamie Lee Curtis, who I know just won the SAG, which I think is actors supporting an actor who has never been recognized before. Yes. Um, this was the most... Um, I'm such a... I'm, this is the theater. This is the acting snob in me. I'm such a believer of truth-telling. And, and this was the most somebody kind of like pretending in a film. Like, it was such a... It almost felt like an SNL sketch, like when we first meet her, and like I, I think she's fun. And oh god, whatever. No, no, I am agreeing with you. That was a oh. drop the mic. I was dropping the mic oh. for you. <laughs> oh, I was like, Karen no, I, I was like, wow, he walked himself okay. out. You're taking my points from me, but go on, go, yeah, go on. Um, no, so, so that's and like. It's not to say that I didn't enjoy her in the film. I did. I, I actually, I want to be real. I thoroughly enjoyed her in the film, but not to the point of giving her an right. Academy Award nomination. Yes. Sorry. I, I don't, there's, there's wild reactions going to be happening here. But so you're, you're taking points out of my notebook here. I don't know how to react. Kieran is leaving his own show. <laughs> out, of, out of positive protest. Out of, <laughs> out of support. I'm, I'm, I'm walking out the door out of support. Just can't go down um, from here. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this here, but I... I will. I kind of felt the same about the other nominated performance in this. Yeah, I know you didn't and, like her. I know this is where where all the listeners start tuning out. And I really felt like Stephanie Sue was pretending the entire thing too. I realized the task that was in front of them where they had to play multiple. I'm mean, not as so much Jamie Lee Curtis. She pretty much had to play the same type of. Yeah. And you you had to play different levels of this character, and the other two really crushed it. I thought Stephanie was was playing catch up a lot of the time and the emotionality was really sobby and uh, there was there was a there was a distinct lack of theater in that role too it seemed a lot of snl sketchy what am i doing next Ooh, now i'm in a golf outfit and now i'm you know a bagel or what you know it's just like i i didn't i just i and again i don't think she was bad I just don't see an Academy nominated performance there. Yeah, I love her nominee. I, I don't have her at one spoiler alert, but I love I you know just as the nihilistic heart of the movie. I really really appreciate it and what she did. I I got a ditto, Joey. There. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's go with your winner there, Joe. So my winner is someone who, literally after this, I think I'm probably going to. Anytime I see them in something, I think I'm going to go watch it, which is very few. Um, I'm going with Carrie Condon. I loved her in Banshees. Uh, I'm going to second that. Um, I'm also scratching my head as to why this is even really close. I, I, I think it's just kind of so obviously the best performance in this category. My second place here is Hong, Hong Chao, Chao, who's yeah. also incredible. And, and honestly, if, if she wins, I'm okay with that too. Uh, the material is a little questionable, but... Um, I, I, I think Carrie Condon is pretty clearly the best performance here for me. And, um, it, it's, it's been one of those weird categories that's kind of split in every single award show that it's been <laughs> in. Like everybody's getting one and we'll just see what the hell happens when the Oscars come around. But yeah, I, I went with Carrie Condon here yeah. too. Yeah. Adam. 
Uh, well, break out that broom, gentlemen, because okay. that is what we call a clean. There sweep. There we go. Nice. So we got a we got a, a a negative clean sweep and a positive clean sweep. There. That's that's go with the uh, the the odd person out and then the the winner. Uh, yeah. Talk a little bit about uh, Kerry Condon here, Adam. Um, I well, I don't want to say too much yet, um, except for that again. I I like seeing re- a- uh, actors respond to what's going on versus trying to necessarily cause change. And I realize that movies about dramatic conflict. I mean, you want to see tension, you want to see characters try to go about their objectives and whatnot. But what I love about Banshees overall is watching everybody react and respond to the the like a new piece of information or or a, a new thing that gets said and um she has a great she gets to be funny and charming and sweet and she gets a good crying scene she gets to play so many beats and the entire time along the way you you understand her as a loving sibling who who doesn't talk down but does still try to protect um and it's it's just it's a really great performance um and she gets Really good time to shine. I mean, you know, she's got she gets a great scene with uh with Colin Farrell before she leaves, and she gets a great scene with with Barry Hogan on the water, yeah. which is just so which is just so wonderful. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I think uh, I mean, how the Oscars are going to go, I think she's unfortunately she's like running three, but in terms of what we're talking about, I, I agree. I think I think I think it's her by a mile. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, Joey, close the book on that. She's fantastic. I think she what she did in that one scene with Barry Keoghan, um, she went through a range of emotions that I don't think I've had in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we'll we'll close the book on this category here. We're going to be talking a little bit more about right. uh, about her and and the movie as we move on. We'll be talking plenty about uh, about Stephanie Sue and and even Jamie Lee Curtis. Moving on on that, I, I will just to close the book on the supporting actors category because we this is one we've kind of kicked back and forth a little bit joe as we try not to do it but i'll say the rewatch i softened a bit on the actress's performance and my criticisms of that and found blame elsewhere so i i will we'll get to that a little later yeah, rewatch um, is important but um we'll we'll go yeah. there from there so now we're gonna go right into actress here Woo! so we're gonna save uh we'll save actor for last here we're going to uh lead actress here and the nominees are michelle williams in The Fablements, Anna de Armas in Blonde, Andrea Riceborough in Two Leslie, Michelle Yeoh in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Kate Blanchett in Tar. Odd person out here first. I will. I would like to go first. Can I go first? Yeah, please. Okay, because this was a very, very easy one. Yes, <laughs> a very easy one. Anna de Armas in Blonde is the is my odd person out here. This was the worst movie I watched for this year. And that includes Black Panther, uh, Wanaconda forever, by the way. <laughs> Wanaconda. Uh, I, 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 I knew going into this one that this, that, that movie was a hot button issue. So there was like a, there was like a, like a, a cynical part of me that wanted to like it just out of spite, you know, so I could be the guy that came at, no, that's not, that's not the case. I'll be honest. This is one that I shut off. Oh really? I didn't get to the end of this one. I shut it off. Yeah, uh, good for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I respect so, that. Um, Joe. Yeah, Anna de Armas by a mile. And to be honest, I didn't hate her in it. I really like her. But the movie is such a piece of shit. I can I refuse to acknowledge that movie in an Oscars anything. It's awful. I hated it so much. Yeah, uh, Adam. 
Yeah, no, it's it's blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, I I agree. I think this was the worst film I had to watch uh, for this. Um, and uh, here's the thing: I'm not a big Ana de Armas fan. I I actually don't think that she's that good in in, in anything that I've seen. Um, and she is so horribly miscast yes. in this. I mean, we, at, at about 30 minutes in, when we realized what we were watching. Uh, Melissa and I got pretty hammered watching this movie because <laughs> we couldn't, we could barely get through it. And so every time that Ana de Armas would slip back into her like kind of natural dialect, we'd go like ah, and then we take a drink because <laughs> oh, she couldn't even stick. She she, I I don't I don't. Oh my god, I fucking hate this movie uh, for so many reasons. But one of them is that she looks nothing like Marilyn Monroe. She sounds nothing, nothing like Marilyn Monroe. And uh, I, 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 oh no, 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 oh no, no. And uh, and one thing I'll say though, because we're talking about it, is that it's only one of two performances this year where somebody's playing a real person that's nominated versus the eight from last year. So I'm very right. excited so, yeah, about that. that. I know I'm I'm on my high horse about that. But regardless of that, this performance is not no. yeah, in a knockout and it's movie. trash. And that'll just segue right into what I was about to say in saying that we gotta get away. We have to get away from this idea. That just because someone is playing someone, we have to consider them for a nomination. Yes. There, you, just, you don't need to consider them all for a nomination. You know, you don't consider any horror movies for nominations ever. So why are just because someone's playing Marilyn Monroe? Okay, they have to be up. And I, I, I'm Joey. I'm kind of with you. Is like I didn't have such a big problem with her performance as much as Adam did. But I think we do need to get to a point in saying. This movie deserves to be up for exactly zero Oscars. Zero. Yes, correct. It should not be considered for an Oscar because you do that with horror movies. And honestly, like I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna, I have to stay the bad guy here, so I'm gonna throw a little cold water on it. There are movies that they clearly do with horror that do it, and there are sometimes I agree with them too. Like I don't think Hereditary belongs being nominated for an Oscar. I don't think it deserves it. As as wonderful as she is in it, and I know that's the, that's that's Twitter's favorite hot take. Is that that Tony Collette deserves a, an acting nomination for for Hereditary? I don't think that movie deserves to be considered at the Oscars. That's my take on it, and clearly the Academy felt the same way. Why did you not feel that way with Blonde? Because this movie is not a movie that should be recognized at this award show. And you know this isn't a weak year with act like it's not. No one from That's women. The other side th- of it. No one from women talking deserve this. And I'm not, like, we're not talking about movies yet, but. Fucking Mia Goth did a million times better than this in X. Like, this was a really, really bad nomination. You know what? But uh, Joey, jo- I, I agree with you. But what I want to I wanna take... Looking at the nominees, I would say this was a terrible year for women. And, and Because I, I got to say, as happy and, and excited as I was about original screenplay, I think this is the weakest category of the ones that we're going to talk Ooh, about. And, wow. and that includes cinematography. I think they fucked... The, I, Oh man! Did, no, 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 I just want to ask Adam. Do you think they fucked it up because they excluded people who deserved it, or it was just kind of yes. weak? Yes. So that's what I mean. Like before if, if we go into this, to who we think should win, who were the people that you thought should have been recognized here? Uh, I well, Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, it, she it, she's like she's becoming like a Meryl Streep, where it's like maybe she. But like, I honestly thought she was great in the movie and being asked to do some like to play this really physical character which is something that she hasn't done she gets to be a good actor that also does this other thing um it, that's one like right off the bat that comes to mind um 
And I, I don't, yeah, it's hard to go jump ahead too far, but like, I think you, she said, or women talking, I think there's, there's a possible performance out of either of those two that probably deserves some recognition. I know those are kind of split ensemble movies, right, maybe so that's supporting, but I, it's hard to say, but yeah. I, there's other I, options, I think is the point though. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no reason she's yeah. nominated. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. So, uh, let's go with, with winners here. Okay. And I guess I went first with yeah. the odd person out, so I will go first with winners and I think this is kind of a coin flip for the Academy, and it was a little tough for me, too. Uh, but I am going to go with Kate Blanchett winning her third Oscar uh, in Tar. I'll expand on it after you guys give yours. I had a hard time here. Again, top two was really, really tough for me. But um, I also went with Kate Blanchett. I, I just yeah. thought she had me 100% hooked in from the second. Woo-hoo. Adam's doing the, the hand signal. Tell the people what that means. Call- Bring him in home. That's a clean sweep. The right clean there. sweep. Um, yeah. Get your t-shirts yeah. now. And and I assume we all have the same. I would assume the same top two. And and it was it was tough. It wasn't it wasn't easy. But yeah, yeah. I go with Kate this is well. this is one of those where like the player has an unbelievable season, you know, and it's like wow, this is an MVP season from Michelle Yeoh here. But Kate Blanchett is just leading the league in homers, <laughs> RBIs, and you know what? She's pitching too. It's like fuck, <laughs> you know <laughs> what? I um, it's just it's just the powerhouse of all powerhouse performances. You know, and the way it kind of broke down for me, like Michelle Yeoh was fantastic. I love her very much in that movie. It affected me. I think this is an all-time acting performance from Kate Blanchett, Blanchett. Sorry, so like I just it had to be the number one. Yeah, and I got to say, too, is it's pretty impressive for Kate Blanchett to make me forget she's Kate Blanchett in a blink of an eye when the movie is going. Like, I'm just like, I'm no longer looking at Kate Blanchett. I'm looking at Lydia Tarr and, and not even looking back. Right. You know, and that's like at this point in Kate Blanchett's career, for her to her, her snap her fingers and just get that done to me is is, again, Powerhouse is the only way I can describe the performance. I agree. Yeah, the, I like the MP, the, the MVP race kind of analogy there because it's not. I mean, and and here's the thing: if Michelle Yeoh wins, and it certainly seems like there's you know the the everything everywhere all at once swell is happening, I'm not going to be bummed. At no, all. like I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be really excited uh, if she wins. To be perfectly honest, um, because I think both of those performances, I think her and Kate Blanchett are totally totally deserving of their nominations um and i i think we are kind of at coin flip territory with it i I mean hard to say exactly but um but yeah the scene the scene with Kate blanchett giving the master class at juilliard uh right i I have more tar thoughts but yeah that 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 amazing what is amazing that's when i knew i was watching a movie that i loved (laughs) (laughs) i was very unsure during the first 15 minutes as what the hell i was looking at well after the history of music lesson they need to bring you in and that master class just was awesome if you're not hooked Um, at that point i don't know what you're watching and and a word on michelle yo is is that i think she did the most heavy lifting in a unique project uh and i I really dug what she was doing in that one. So if she wins, she deserves it too. So, uh, yeah, second all all that there. So we're all on the same page there. Okay, it's up to actor. Now, I think we have to preface this here. Adam, I I am going to make you do this here because last year you saw every, you saw the short film, the long film, the documentary, the animated, the semi-animated, you saw them all. So tell the people, uh, tell the people what you've done. Uh, (laughs) I, I was not able to see the film uh, living. Uh, it did not come to streaming. It did not play. Uh, 
I I think the closest theater that it was playing to me was in Minneapolis, which what? would have been like a flight. Yeah, away. Of course, we're not. Um, I can expect you to get on a plane. To uh, see well, maybe. Which which is which is a, a bummer. Um, and it and, and honestly, again, as I, as I was looking at this list today, like I last last year around this time, um, there was this independent cinema in the in the town that I was teaching in. Um, and that's where I saw Worst Person in the World. It's where I saw Drive My Car. And it's where I saw Parallel Mothers. And I was like, and I, I don't think I've missed it more than I have in like the last month. Because I mm. checked and like A Living is one of the films ah, that they were playing. Uh, and it's like, fuck. You should not have checked. So <laughs> I, I, but it would have driven me crazy. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm glad I did. And, I, and it, it's, it's a bummer, but say la vie. The price you'll have to pay that adam there is this that you can't pick mm. bill nye and the, your odd person out you have to you're you're basically working with the four oh, of course. right you're working yeah. with the four person category yeah well and i gotta be honest i don't think i need to have seen the you've movie. seen the original yeah, i've sure, seen right, right. oh Ikaru? yeah um uh, not the whole thing okay um right. as joey joey knows we have a big uh kurosawa film we're talking about soon yeah. um i've not finished ikaru but i know other right, okay yes. so what was your what was your point there about nye Oh, uh, that I, he he wouldn't have been my odd person out even without seeing it. Okay, yeah. so I know where you're going with that. Then, um, <laughs> odd person out here. I'm gonna go first. Oh, okay. Joey. I was gonna say I'll go first. Though. You're gonna get. Oh wait, no, no, Joey, go first. Go first. No, you go first, please. Okay. Because <laughs> you're gonna be mad at me. Son of a bitch. I know. I'm sorry. Ugh, I'm so sorry. Fuck out of my house. I know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read this like a eulogy. My odd person on the nominees. I should say the nominees are Bill Nye for Living. Paul Mezcal for After Sun. Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inishirin. Brennan Fraser for The Whale. And Austin Butler for Elvis. So Joey at this point knows uh, what where I'm going to go. Um, Adam uh, Adam Hitchcock from, from Circuit Burst certainly knows where I'm going to go here. My fifth place here is, is regrettably Paul Mezcal. And... The only reason I say this, I know you're shaking your head, and don't hate me on this one here, is because I, I, I love him, and if he wins, I will stand up, I will applaud. I loved After Sun. It was one of my, it was one of my top ten movies of the year, hands down. Should have been up for Best Picture. All the praises and all of that. It, it, it This is this right here. These five, I think, are as it stands right here. I think is is the best five that have ever been nominated for for lead actor. Well rounded. Top to bottom. I know that might be a little bit of a hot take. I think they, you know, and I'm someone who really wanted Tom Cruise in the mix here. Right. I think they got the right five. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful group of five and possibly the best ever. Um, the only reason I'm putting Mezcal here in the five spot, Joe, is just because I, I see three of these actors here who literally carried their movie. They carried the movie on their backs and made it something that people were talking about. And then the fourth one was devastatingly wonderful. And with After Sun, I just think a lot of the heavy lifting was done by that little girl and the, she was great. And the wonderful director who who just who directed the shit out of that movie. And it, it it hurts me to put him five. It really truly hurts me to put him five because he's he deserves to win. He deserves to win. But I just think the other two just did a little more work for him there, and he was kind of the third wheel in the mix. But I love the nomination, and um, I'm, I'm rooting for him. So there you go. That's, that's my five. All right. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> All right. Uh, Joe, what was your <laughs> You five? sold it well. I, I appreciate okay. where you're coming from. All right. So my number five. So I also think this is a really good year, and I think that my odd man out other years I probably would have said should win. But when I really sat down and thought about this, 
four of these movies made me cry. Four of these movies did very original things. One actor was great and is the only reason that I think this movie gets all the credit. Um, Austin Butler. Uh, you know, I, I think he did a great job. I've oh, as much. I'll say my piece on that movie later, but I have never once not given him credit, and I do think other years he deserves to win. But he is my odd man out. Okay, odd person out. Austin Butler. Uh, Adam. Oh, what a what a wonderful position I find myself <laughs> in here. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm not even. I was gonna try to be coy and, and come up with some fun thing. Here's the thing. Um, my 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 odd person out. And yes, I have not seen Living, so it's not gonna be Bill Nye. My odd person out is Paul Mescal. Okay. For After Sun. That's a bit of a surprise. Uh, and I will take it one step further. That movie did nothing for me. Wow. Nothing okay. for me. Wow. Um, and as a as a father of daughters, I thought it was going to rip my heart out and show it to me. And at the end, I was like, eh, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that was it." I, um, I, 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 and I, and I was, I gotta be honest. To me, this is, and I haven't seen Living, but this is, this is five by a mile mm. to me. I gotta be perfectly honest. Wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, obviously we know Joey disagrees, but uh, hey. I, I really could. <laughs> the, the, the movie emotionally affected me as someone who's, who's not that a movie father, crushed you know? me. Um, I, I thought it was. One of the more clever, nuanced, personal movies I've seen in a while. And I just, listen, you know how much I hate the abstract bullshit bardos of the world, the eraser heads of the world. I think they should <laughs> just fucking, it's just the worst. It's the fucking worst. And this was the good version of that. This was the, I'm not going to fill in the blanks for you. You're going to do that. You're going to get the memories. You're going to get what it is and do it from there. And I just, I really, really love this. And I can't wait to see what Charlotte Wells has, does from here. I, yeah. I loved it. I think she's going to do great things. Very, I'm sorry, I guess for all of them. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I guess we'll go with my uh, my four next. And maybe we'll skip and then we'll Adam's go, four yeah, and then we'll, we'll skip, go. We'll skip Adam's yeah. four, your four, and then, and then we'll, we'll go, go to threes. All right. So my four is is Bill Nye uh, again. I mean, here we're at the point here where my fifth person is deserving of the statue. So, you know, I mean... Uh, what do you want me to say about Bill Nye? I mean, talk about carrying a movie. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, I you know, I have never seen uh, Ikiru, so I, I was going in blind here. I left the theater just like stunned, uh, stunned. You know, just like I need to sit in a room and think for a little while. <laughs> and his performance did did so much to that. He is in fourth place here, just because I think there's three. If they win, would be on the upper echelon of, of best actor winners for me. But uh, yeah, Nai in the fourth slot. Uh, Nai's also in the fourth spot for me. I thought he was great. I I didn't really know what to make of this movie going in. I did not realize it was an Ikaru remake. Um, I actually sent a message to the um, independent theater in Huntington. The you know shout out to the CAC. The CAC. And um, I was like, oh, you know, is this playing? Because I needed to see it, and it wasn't up yet. I was like, oh, you gonna post anything about this? And then they DM me, and they're like, yo, yeah, we're gonna put it up, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, oh, and we're playing E-Crew tonight with the original 35 millimeter. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, why the fuck are they telling me this, though? They're playing like 50 things. And then when I, <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> But I, you know, I thought he was great. Yeah. I also have no past experience with Bill Nye. I don't think I've seen a Bill Nye movie before. I don't do the Harry oh, Potter stuff. Me neither. That, I've never seen. Yeah. A, I've never seen a full Harry Potter. So yeah, he's so yeah. All right. So I guess this this works out nicely. So Adam can just give us his three. Yeah, and it's Austin okay. Butler. Yeah, figured that was coming. My three is 
might be a bit of a surprise here, uh, but it's going to be Colin Farrell. Uh, wrong. In the <laughs> Absolutely wrong. Uh, yeah, and um, I'm going to, you know, I guess we'll we'll talk about him when we get to him. Joey, what's your three? My three is Paul Mezcal. Um, you know, I, I think what he did was amazing. I love him so much. I'm so excited for all the things he has coming to him. And, you know, I've become a very big fan of him from you know from this and everything you said about charlotte wells i'm very on the record about after sun with adam at the circuit verse when i bullied him but um you know <laughs> I, I think he did a great job adam I, I just would i would wonder and i know you have a million things to watch and rewatching a movie that did nothing for you is not going to be top on the list i would be interested to see if a second watch you'd get more out of because i think this is the the token movie that should kind of be watched twice just because just to have well, an idea I, what's I going on I rewatched as many of the best picture noms as I could, um, and and I got a great a great story about rewatching one with Melissa who hadn't seen it the first time, and I'm an, I'll, I'll save that. But I, I I mean I agree. I think I think any movie to truly appreciate it needs a second. Yes, watch, but I think that sure. movie was kind of yeah. built to be watched. Because it's twice. so subtle, I think, and it it's really... under two hours. So just uh, just a consideration. I think it, the movie will at least move up a bit. I think because so. I that was the movie. So the movies I, I watched twice for this were uh, After Sun, Elvis. Uh, Banshees, Everything Everywhere, and Maverick. Top, yeah, Top Gun Maverick. Said that about about twenty seven times. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and and that one man, I, I watched that last night, and it's just, geez, devastating. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So that was uh, everybody's number three. That was everyone's three. So, oh no, I, I just gave my yeah three's Colin Farrell. With then okay. I did. Then I was best cow. So we're back to Adam for number two. Adam's two. Uh. Two is uh, for me. It's Brendan Fraser in the Whale. Okay, um, my number two, and I think it's time to talk. Is uh, oh, it is Austin Butler. Uh, okay, and and listen, I, I there's gonna be an Elvis defense here at some point. Um, well, is that is that Joey's two? Is uh, that your two? Well, no, he he kicked him out. Yeah, no. <laughs> he kicked him out hours oh, ago. Oh, that was your five. Yeah, it was his five. Oh, yeah. yeah, sorry. I just said my piece a bit on, you know, stop rewarding people for playing real people. I think in the world of of biopics, this is like the unclimbable mountain. I mean, we're talking about like the the the, the chances of you playing Elvis in a movie and being able to survive people saying you're just doing an Elvis impression is a near impossible task. I mean, it is it is the most susceptible to someone saying this guy's just doing an Elvis impersonation. Like there's assholes in the street right now outside your house impersonating Elvis, Joey. Like it is it's the most imitatable. Joey, Joey call the police. <laughs> Get them out of here. My speak was weird, dude. <laughs> um, I, I thought I thought he he found the soul within this this very very impossible task, and I I, I mean I I think it's as I think it is as good as a biopic performance could possibly be. I really do, and that's my piece. On it. It's not my his, winner. It's yeah. not my winner. He gave but. up his voice for it. He was fantastic. He gave, he gave up his voice for oh. it. It broke him. Uh, yes. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, Adam, t- t- take me down a peg, or do we, or do we, um, do we I wait for well, the, the movie discussion? I, yes, I because because I, I, the performance and the film are are linked in a way, and and so I I, I don't I don't want to go full board onto Austin Butler playing Elvis cool. yet. Cool, great, great, and I have more to say about the film in in itself too. So we go to Joey, your two. number two. My number two is Brendan Fraser. Okay, so you guys 
have the same winner there. Not, I mean, again, I'm not going to complain about yeah. it. This is like last year <laughs> where you guys had Coda in the wild. <laughs> like, like, um, yeah. So let's, uh, or right, so we'll talk, let's talk Brendan Fraser. Uh, and, and actually, you know what? Let's, let's get a little Colin Farrell talking because we have plenty of banshees to discuss in the, in uh, director and picture. So let's do a, a little Colin Farrell talk. He's both of your winners. I'm sure I'm not going to have much to add to what you say because I absolutely love the performance too. Joey, I'll have you go first. So Colin Farrell, the, the four of them, I think, are all just top-notch. And I think his performance was just so emotionally moving in a way that could have gone wrong so many times. And I just think he hit every beat perfectly. Well, I had a hard time with this when I really sat down and I just said, like, who do I think more of? And it, it was him. I wish there was a shorter way to get to what I want to get to with this. So I'll, I'll do the best that I can. So I teach, I'm teaching an advanced acting class right now. And um, uh, two of my students were uh, coming together and they were, they were late. They were having car troubles. So uh, we were talking about the SAG Awards and we were talking about the Oscars, uh, prompted by me because I'm me. And um, I was talking about the kind of the three-way race of, of best actor because I truly think at this point any one of the three, kind of the top three could win. I, I think it's kind of wide open. And so uh, the student goes, well, what do you, you think is going to happen? I go, well... And I, I went all Charlie Day where he has the diagram <laughs> on it. Pepe so, Sylvia. So, here's, so I, I, put, I put an X and I put Austin Butler. And I go, now, what's a proven track record with the Oscars? They love to reward people playing people that really existed. So I had, I had him on one side. And I go, now, here's the other end of the spectrum. And I put an X and I put Brendan Fraser. What else did the Oscars like? Full character transformations. They fucking love that too. So here's Brendan Fraser. And then somewhere in the middle is Colin Farrell. And there's an actor who gets to be charming and sweet and sad and vengeful and angry. And he gets to, he gets to do all of these emotions. And yet he does them in a way where at no point do I feel like he's, he's chewing the scenery. And, and every time he, he progresses within the film, and again, I, I brought up the reacting thing at that movie because he's just constantly reacting to things and doing his best in each moment. And for me, the acting is more clearly on display with Colin Farrell. There's a lot of character work happening in Elvis and in The Whale. But with Colin Farrell, I'm watching an actor constantly have to change objectives, constantly try to change tactics and and try to figure out what he's going to do next. And for me, that's what makes a great performance. And 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 in that same kind of way where it's like, I don't know what Banshees did, but it fucking burrowed in me. Yeah. And yep. and I think that performance, it's it just it it's it's lasting for me. Yeah. And I mean, listen, that's the actor's answer, which means that's the right answer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. But um, and and so the I'll explain the non-actor in me as to why I had uh, the the other two ahead and just I feel like he had the most help in the sense of his co-stars in the sense of his familiar director writer and I guess I just rewarded the other two for their lack of help and for the material that they had to work with and we're going to talk the whale here next but enough people have enough negative things to say about Elvis to talk about the mountain that there is to climb with, with that and, and the, the, the problematic material he was dealing with there, who he was sharing the screen with, and so on. Um, to me, the whale, and I guess we can now segue right into my winner, which is Brendan Fraser. Um, we want to talk about uh, Lydia Tarr making you forget she's Kate Blanchett. 
you know, I went into watching this Brendan Fraser thing kind of like, this dude better be good for all this hype. <laughs> I mean, like, because, like, this is going to be really hard for him to impress me right now because this is, like, kind of late in the season here. And I forgot he was Brendan Fraser yes. 10 seconds into this thing. I agree. And, and it's not because of the makeup. And it's not because of the ridiculous bucket of chicken that they had him eating, which is one of the, the strangest choices in a movie I've seen in a long time. Um, I thought that this movie was awful. Uh, I thought this material was awful. Um, I thought it was a poorly written film. I'm so fired up and happy that this was not nominated for adapted screenplay as it was rumored to be, because that would be an egregious nomination. Uh, the actors took the ball and ran with it on this. I mean, everyone on screen crushed it in the Sadie Sink was unbelievable yes, and deserved an Oscar it. nomination. Hong Chao was unbelievable and arguably deserves a win in her category. Um, and Brendan Fraser, man, this movie took every chance it could to make him look like a fool. And he, he got the movie, he got the task at hand, and he humanized this thing to the point where it will melt your heart. And I, I just, to me, it's one of the best acting performances I've seen considering the, the, the gigantic burden that was put upon it. It's one thing to say, hey, go out there and play all this and, and do that. And, you know, yeah, I can, I can talk about it being the best biopic performance. But at the end of the day, it's still a biopic performance. And it's nice that you sang and they were able to manipulate the audio and all that. And, uh, and you know, again, Colin Farrell, I think, would also be a great best picture. Uh, sorry, a great best actor win. I'd have that ranked up there. Not for nothing. If we if Bill Nye won and I was ranking best actor winners, he'd be on the upper half of things. Uh I just I think the task at hand here with with Brendan Fraser and what he did with this was just oh, it was just spectacular for me. So I um yeah, he would be my winner in this category. Yeah, I, I loved him. I think he did such a such a good job in something that I'm still very torn on the movie because the actors were so good no, on it. They were it. unbelievable. Yeah, so you know, it affected me. You know, I, I sat there in a theater and I was, and then I left. I was like, well, that was some interesting choices made, but the actors kicked it through the goddamn roof. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, Adam, thoughts on the movie? Thoughts on the performance? This is the last time we'll, we'll be talking to Whale, so. Yeah, and an anonymous shout out to the person who uh, uh, I, I thank you so much for sending me your screener, <laughs> my, like a literal screener copy of this um, so I could watch it. Um, so there was the thing. I was familiar with this uh, when it was a play. Um, uh, years ago when I would subscribe to American theater, it was actually included in, a, in an issue and I'd read it before. I've, I've read plenty of Sam Hunter's plays. Um, they all, they all take place in Idaho in case you're <laughs> curious, every single one of them. And so, uh, I, I was well aware of what was going to kind of happen beforehand. And it, it's pretty, it's pretty true to the, to the original, uh, play. And I will say there is a kind of modern theater that is bleak, that is hard and that is kind of unrelenting in that way and this movie has gotten I, this movie was going to hit the take cycle from the beginning because of the fact that brendan fraser is playing a, a a very obese person melissa and i got done watching the movie and we were talking about it and i think it's unfair to call this a movie that's like somehow bigoted towards towards heavy people i don't think that's what it no. is i think this is this is a story about a person who was taking one specific? Who who was? Uh, I, you know, I'll stay spoiler free. But something happens to him, and this is the way in which he's he is dealing with his grief, 
And it might not be a, a very safe, healthy thing to do, but that's what he's doing. And um, for better or for worse, that's the choice he made. And so I, I, I actually really liked the movie. Um, and maybe it is because of its theatrical roots, but because of the the intimate nature of it. And I, I think the performances are great. And I think put people in a room like that and you just have to, you have to deal with each other. Like there's nowhere to go and you have to actually deal with each other. And so it's a very dialogue heavy film. And uh, I agree. I thought he was great. I mean, he, he kind of just missed the the one spot. It's very close for me, but But, you know, and I really body dysmorphia as a functioning of grief is a way thing we haven't seen, but that is very real that happens. And I think so much of movies is like, Oh, this guy now drinks and does this, like going the food route is something that happens to people. And you know, that's allowed to be. So, I I mean, I guess, I guess my problems are, are more in the fact that man, you know, so someone sent me, someone sent me a clip of this, of the play. You know, just one scene from the play of um, Hong Chao's character talking to uh, talking to Brendan Fraser's character about, you know, why don't you, why don't you go to the hospital and, and whatnot? And it was just so bad. I mean, it was just it was just oh, really? so bad. And to me, I'm like, wow, this is like what this is the power of acting. Like so many times I feel like the screenwriter gets all this credit for the written word and the actors like, well, they had a great screenplay to work with. Like. I watched like really not very good amateur actors work with this screenplay and that's what I saw and it looked like, you know, Jeremy Glick in the fat suit on the couch and it was just <laughs> like um and and it just was like wow, then when you see Hong Chao and Brendan Fraser do it it's like geez, they're taking it to the I thought the acting told and 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 yes, Adam, you said that perfectly and I got the message out of it. I didn't have a problem with the message or the the characters or the yeah. the feeling, but I got all of that through the acting and none of it through the script. I thought like the script was very kind of not, you know, the the stuff between Brendan Fraser and Sadie Sink was was really pretty well written and 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 that stuff was good. But I mean, the the Bible selling character was just uh, so clownish and cartoonish. And that and that is a that is a. Uh a very theatrical thing to put in a character that that is going to bring out the exposition versus just kind of dumping it. So so I you, those thoughts it I I get yeah. I totally understand yeah. that you know and the, and and the p- the pizza guy was so that was so off Broadway to me like that was like <laughs> the whoo, shine the light on the p- the pizza guy is now we only heard his voice off stage and now he's here and it's and, curtain well, and, uh, you know uh, end of act the, um, you know. <laughs> The 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 Sadie Sink of it is is great too because um it, it reminds me that I think some some people were so and again this is more this is more like an aesthetic like uh the movie is released and everybody jumps on it like the fact that he is a big guy and it's called the whale I mean there were people who were ripping on this movie who hadn't seen it who was like oh it's called the whale and he's a fat right. guy and it's like Twitter yeah, never maybe does see that. the movie <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which which just made me upset, and I was more upset before I had even seen the movie because I had read the play and I knew where it was going. And I and I I gotta be honest, that really worked for me. When you find out that it's uh, can I once ah uh, one spoiler? Can I do yeah, one spoiler? I think this um, is... All right, so just we'll just say Spo- we'll fast forward a bit uh, if you don't want to hear it. Hit yeah, the hit the skip yeah. button when, twice. When you find when you find out it's her essay, yeah, right. I that really works. For totally me. agree. It yeah, really 100%. worked on me. Yeah. Totally agree. And and you know, listen, Aronofsky gets his third acts and he gets it, but I I don't I don't really feel like this is a wonderfully directed movie. I I and and it, it was I was kind of fired up to have an Aronofsky movie in the mix here and. Man, it just, it didn't seem like he was driving a Maserati, Maserati, man. It felt like he was driving a golf cart. 
You know, it was he was just kind of pet, 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 pet. And and that's the I think that's the challenge of trying to um to do an adaptation of a play and, and stick so true to it because it does everything happens within the one room. It's not like doubt where they can kind of go to different classrooms or different offices or go outside or Frost Nixon yeah. where they you know they really they really stage everything. He he stayed true to the one room of it, and uh, and that's well, tough. And you kind of limit what you can do. We're going to talk about a one room movie a little later that I think was pretty nicely directed. I'm not giving him a pass for that though. You know, as someone who one of my favorite movies is Twelve Angry Men, and and you know, Adam, I know you love that movie too, and, and Joe, you too. But to me, that's where the great director shines is when he's given a task like this. You're in a room. Let's make this thing work. And I just he just seemed like. Aronofsky well, felt like a I, shell of himself in this one to me. I I would go so far as to say that, and and I and and Requiem made my top ten. I I don't think Aronofsky is one of our great directors. I I, I am I, I'm, I'm I'm learning to agree with that. Yeah. What everybody doesn't love Mother. I haven't seen Mother. I think I didn't see the short just originally watched it for the first time. What? I think, I think she. I saw that on Twitter. I haven't gotten her opinion. That might before. be the most mad Kristen ever. Got at me for bringing her to something, and you know. Uh, okay, all right. We have enough sorry, to cover. Sorry, we don't sorry, need to sorry. go to mother. All right, so that's that's the best actor thing. Uh, so we have two two Colin Farrells and a Brendan Fraser there. So. Uh, cool. Those are the two yeah. answers, I think. Director, here we go. The nominees for best director: Todd Field for Tar, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Ruben Ostlin for Triangle of Sadness, The Daniels for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inishirin. Odd person out. Very easy for wonderful. me. This is a very, very easy for one. This was a, this was a miss on the Academy's part. Uh, I have Ruben Osland for Triangle Sadness as my odd person out. There were better options here. So there you go. Uh, Adam, I hope you go next. Ruben Osland was my four. And my five uh, was the one, the only Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Okay. Pulling him out. Joe. Uh, so... Last year, I had Steven Spielberg winning director, and this year, he is my odd man out. Okay. There we go. Ruben Ostlin's by four. Okay. So, uh, let's talk winner here, and I guess uh, I will uh, be here. Uh, by the way, Steven Spielberg is not Steven Spielberg is not my four, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think okay. so. My winner for best director this year is Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inisherin. I think this is his best work. Uh, I I really do. And I love me some, um, in Bruges, I love me some billboards. Uh, I do. I I do think he kind of got it. And, and maybe I should specify, I, I think that this is his best work in context of the Oscars, you know, and, and giving, giving him, giving him this award, marrying the stage to the cinematography is kind of like the ultimate test. We just talked about that with a well, you, you have one room to work with. You have to kind of make this feel bigger than the, than what it was initially intended to be. McDonough brought you to another world here with this. He brought you to another time and place and then took you to an Island off the coast of that time and place. And here we are living in this little world. And, you know, I, I, I started off this podcast saying it was kind of like a warm blanket, like I've been there before. Um, it, Adam, you said not so long ago, along with two, it's like this, there's something about this movie that just kind of stayed with you, that kind of lived in you, that kind of moved you a little bit. It's, it's really ultimately up to the director to do that, is to build the world. And yes, you have the help of the screenwriter, which happened to be Mark McDonough. You have the help of the director of photography and then the editor cleans things up. The actors uh, are, are, of course, probably your biggest world builders. 
but the director is the man, uh, you know, the, the Wizard of Oz behind the screen, you know, and he's got to do it all. And I, I really think out of all these worlds that were built, there was no better world built than the Banshee's finish here. And so Martin McDonough there for me. Um, Joe, you winner. I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot, which I don't like doing. But um, again, it was a tough one and two. But um, ultimately, I also went with Martin McDonough because oh, I just wow. looked at his movies and just I went with Martin McDonough. I just think he did a fantastic job. The fact that he wrote this every hand that he had in this. And I think in Bruges is so fucking good. And for it to then kind of jump up to this level, like, listen, I wanted to give it to the Daniels. But when I was sat, I was like, OK, I think Martin McDonough, if we're just looking straight, straight up, I went Martin. All right, uh, Adam. Just sticking with McDonough for a second, it's funny too because like I, I've read everything that he's written too, so it's not like just I'm I'm very familiar with his films, but I'm also very familiar with his plays, and this is easily the sweetest film that he's made. I mean, it by by a or the sweetest thing he's written, just easily by by a country mile. Um, he didn't take it, and uh, I, I sometimes I get very literal with director because it's not just about performances and world building, but it's about kind of what you do with the camera. And I'm gonna go with the one that Joey just alluded to, and I, I'm I'm giving it to the Daniels for Love everything, it. everywhere, all at once. All right, Beautiful. Um, do you want to? What? I'm not gonna have you just kick it off to to picture because we have picture coming up right next. So just give me a little bit of nuggets there as to why uh, you're you're going there because there's only been two other winners that have shared it and it would be West Side Story and No Country for Old Men with the Coen brothers. So um, why are you going the Daniels here? Uh, and so well, I, I remember I, I said this a lot in the last year when we did this about the worst person in the world and about um, a director felt like having fun making the movie. And I, I, I stand by that with the worst person in the world, the way that that movie was shot and how it was made and how they told the story. The, how they how the camera was used was a literal part of that, right? So it's one thing for for us to see, and don't get me wrong, I fucking love Banshees and the way that it's shot and the, and how we see everything is great. But the act, the way that the camera was actually used in everything, everywhere, all at once, was a huge part of the storytelling. So it goes beyond cinematography, but the way that we actually kind of see everything, the way that we're kind of brought into the world, and I do think that the Daniels really leaned into the filmmaking of it. I mean, I think even, I mean, even including Steven Spielberg, all of these are very kind of traditionally shot films in, in a real way. And there's something exciting about what the Daniels did. And I think that's what I clung to. Um, but I think uh, one, my one, two, three, I, I really like I, it, uh, everything everywhere. Tar and Banshees. Those like, yeah, I really like all those movies and they're all directed really well, but there's something about the, the energy behind everything everywhere all at once that i i do really cling to yeah all right awesome uh joey anything to add on top of that no i, I think you absolutely nailed it I, you know i'm again on the record i think it's great it's so much fun it's so unique and i had a lot of trouble but i'm okay with where i landed here yeah. with martin i think you know I, I banshees i think sticks with me as well okay it is time now this is the big kahuna here this is exciting, especially yes. since, you know, thinking back to like last year versus this year. What a great year. Yeah, uh, well, a really I, great I, year in movies. Should, Holy shit. I should say, too, is because we are very biased to the above the line categories, we got some movies to talk about here that we haven't spent a lot of time on. Yeah. So that that should be fun, too. I do want to say if, you know, we get to the end of this and you're like, why is there this much time left? We also give out our patented awards, MVP, LVP recast you know all or participation award participation. all that stuff 
uh, for for this the whole season too. So we'll recast a role within the season, all that stuff. So uh, so stick around for that too. But we have ten nominees this year. Ten movies that were up for best picture. We're gonna go uh, our typical ranking style here. We start with ten. We go around when we get to the highest spot. That's when we talk. So cool. we'll go Adam, Joey, myself, and uh, Adam. Get us started here. Number ten. Oh boy, uh, my ten and nine are movies I never want to revisit again. If my uh, if I can help it. Um, Same. And uh, ten. <sighs> I, I just don't give a fuck about the Navi. It's Avatar The Way of Water. Number 10 from Adam is James Cameron's Avatar The Water of the Way. Uh, 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 jo- <laughs> Joey, you're number 10. So 10 and 9 are also movies that I very much never want to revisit in my life, and I'm very unhappy that I did revisit this one, um, but my number 10 is Elvis. Wow, <laughs> he did it. He did it. I think I just lost a bet on the side. <laughs> <laughs> your circuit swerved me on your circuit verse episode. Uh, that was okay. very on purpose. <laughs> well, gentlemen, it is a clean sweep in the sense that my nine and ten are movies that I never want to ah. revisit again. And uh, actually, I'll go even further to say my nine and ten, I have no idea why. Well, I guess maybe have an idea why they were nominated, but they don't, they shouldn't be nominated. We should have had, if you were going to do that, give me an eight nominee year. To me, I do think there were other movies that could be up in their yeah. place. But my number 10 is Triangle of Sadness. There we go. It's going to be a while, folks. Oh, boy. Oh yeah, boy. we're not yeah, talking about that. Well, okay, we're going to have some fun <laughs> later on that one. I'll tell you that. We move Adam to your number nine. Uh, I'm pretty close there with my good friend Joey. And my number nine uh-huh, is Elvis. Well... Yeah, and so my number nine, Buds, Buds, hey Buds, it's Avatar 2, and the worst fucking dialogue I can possibly imagine. Bro, 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 bro. Well, it's going to be a minute before we talk about that one. <laughs> uh, but uh, my number nine is, it's in the water, it's in the, yeah, no, it's Avatar, the way of the water <laughs> there, yeah. Uh, oh boy. Okay, so the first movie we're talking about is James Cameron's sequel to Avatar, Um I want a hot, hot, hot question right off the bat, Adam. You've seen the original Avatar. I I have. What do you like better, Avatar or Avatar: The Way of the Water? Uh, is hoof. Uh, what about having you rip off all of my fingernails? Is that an option? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you really want that uh, in the mix? Oh well, here's the thing. So if you did it quickly, yes, uh, because. Avatar has taken up like seven <laughs> hours of my life that I'm never getting back. Um, and I could I could appreciate Avatar, the first Avatar. Okay, so, tr- yes, the dialogue is awful. Same thing in the first one. I think the reason why this movie is, is 10 is because I, I honestly didn't, there was, nothing was expanded. I mean, I know the story, yes, the story goes further, but like, nothing was new with this. I mean, I... I cannot tell you how many times I heard somebody, like a podcaster, I read something like, how cool the water looks. And like my response to that is, oh my you know, God, do you know dude. what looks great? Real water. <laughs> like, what, oh my what God, are we dude. doing? Oh, my God. Can I change my answer? No, no, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no. Uh, uh, Joey, what would you like better, the first Avatar or the second Avatar? The second one, I did too. I did too. Oh, interesting. Um, that interesting. Yeah, that that doesn't have anything right. to do with what we're talking about yeah, here, though. I, okay, I, because I did not like the first Avatar at all. And I, like, so I mean, at, at all. I'm, 
I was like, all right, I need to rewatch the first one. And then I rewatched the first one. I realized I did not need to rewatch the first one. <laughs> no, because... <laughs> because, because the second one sums up what happens in the first one. <sighs> it, um, but I did like the second one better. And to be the fucking whales. <laughs> what about them? You, you, I like them. Yeah, like, I, I uh, like them too. So, <laughs> all right, I, I, I have two... Uh, how much? Me, I'm on a me, I'm on a I have two big Avatar questions. Besides, can we just, can we just talk about Free Willy instead? <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, I didn't rewatch it. Michael Madsen's in that, <laughs> right? It. Isn't he? Uh, I think it's a good cast. Yeah. Or, or what were your two questions? They're kind of spoilery. Uh, yeah. Spoil this for the people. Oh, come on. Right. Spoil, just sa- just save them three hours spoil. and 15 okay, minutes of their fucking life. This movie has made $2.5 dollars. Who, yeah. but who, is, okay. who are you spoiling this I don't movie? know. I don't really know people who have seen it. Nobody wants to fucking see it. It's right. just if dorks. You fast it's just Twitter dorks. Like, uh, I've seen uh, it 30 times. There we go. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, but anyway, okay, so my two... if you want to fast forward ahead, you, we'll do, we'll do, we're, we're going spoiler zone. Here. My two questions. My first one. I'm going to ask both and then let you guys answer because they're insane. You might spoil Moana with this too, though. So go on. So the, the first one. Okay. So. All that now that they're doing is taking like the 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 brain serum from these whales to sell because that's what now makes them money. But we're letting a clone vendetta that has nothing to do with the original task take over the only way making money on Earth to make these people live longer because a clone's mad at another clone. That doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I, I don't have an answer for you. I don't. I don't know what to. Do. I'll, I'll just. Okay, what's, my your, second, what's your second question? Yeah, go. If 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 the water people stayed in that in that fight for more than like ten minutes, the movie would have been forty five minutes less. They they all just they started the fight, they killed the whale guy, and then they just went home and let a bunch of kids almost get murdered. Mm. Um, the only thing more egregious than the runtime in this three hour and fifteen minute movie was the twenty five minutes of previews I had to sit through. So now so now we're up to. What forty minutes of my life dedicated to this thing sitting in a chair? I got to watch Ant Man and the Wasp and the Grasshopper and the and the and the Offspray dance around before this thing too. Okay, the, this movie should not be up for Best Picture. This is I kind of view this as like uh, the Godfather Three nomination though. It's like because the other one was up that this is in there in there too. I think you got to be careful with sequels in in these nominations. I mean, you know, The Lord of the Rings. Every single one of those movies. Stand alone, you know. If 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 any one of those came out, okay, yeah, best picture, that's fine. If Godfather Three just came out, it would never be up for best picture. It was up best picture because of the other two, and the same with this one. If this was just released, it would never be up for best picture. And I would love if there's anyone listening, as I don't know enough about the the behind the scenes work of the cinematography that I want to know why this is considered great because this because because that was the thing about the first avatar it's like yeah but all oh, the achievement and all oh, the well, it looks so good and this stuff i don't think this looks that good i thought it, it looked just good. looks like a cartoon right. to me like i feel like i'm watching moana like i i, I mean i think moana looked better at points <laughs> but, okay i did watch oh sorry you, uh, you no go. well no but that, that, this is so true it's like what, what are we what are we rewarding here i mean enough enough stuff is Agreed. changing to ai that like i don't so it's like okay, yeah, uh, Zoe Saldana and and Sam Worthington and Kate Winslet, they, like and Sigourney Weaver, like they're all in this movie, but no, but yeah, they're no, South like, Park characters, and one's a they're, teenager with <laughs> superpowers. <laughs> they're they're South Park characters with their high pitched voices, like like come on. And, and just, also, Zoe just, Saldana's character was a character in the first movie, 
in this one, she just hissed and refused to learn how to swim for some reason. Mm. I, no, I, no. Like, and honestly, like, uh, we we've talked about this movie more than I want to. I, I, yeah, I, I, you're right. Honestly, you're right. I, I, we, honestly we, like, I. And I mean, like, this is going to sound like I'm making a joke. I promise you I'm not. I'm kind of upset I gave money to see this. Like, I I, 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 really, really didn't enjoy it. And, like, people talk about, like, the last 25 minutes being, like, a really cool action sequence. Not really. It didn't make sense. Like, James, they left. Yeah, I, James I did Cameron like it. has done, but he's it was, done it was so fun. much better. It was fun to watch him sink a ship again, I'll say that. <laughs> um, but uh, I... I didn't pay for the first one, so I felt like I was like it was like a tax deduction. Like it was kind of like I had to like, oh shit, fuck! I didn't pony up the last I, I had time. To All right, cross here we the go. Border you know? to see this movie. Yeah, it's like oh, okay. I played I played seven Monopoly games in a row without landing on Boardwalk. I can't complain this time. Right. All right, here we go. Pay up. All right. Um, Can I say yeah. one more thing that uh, I saw? Okay. So don't don't make it about the plot though. No, 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 no. It was about because it, it was some of the impressive like cinematography stuff I did because I because I agree with you. I was trying to like figure it out, so I was watching all these videos and the very useless and. I imagine future star Spider. What the way they filmed him interacting <laughs> with the world was the, very cool. He's the guy outside dressed like Elvis right now. By the way, Joey. <laughs> I mean, he needs to work because no one else is hiring him to act. Call the police. Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. So why I had it nine and not ten? I just say like at least the big blockbuster James Cameron of it all at least tells a story to the year. You know, that's the only reason. Like I can I can look back. 20 years from now, my kids and say, hey, you know, all right, yeah, Avatar was sort of a thing, you know, nobody gives a shit about it now. In fact, no one gives a shit about it then. They just kind of went because, you know, they wanted air conditioning or whatever. I don't know. But um, but at least it tells a bit of a story. Okay, so we go, Adam, to your number seven. Eight. eight. Oh, eight. Sorry, number eight. <sighs> uh, hmm. Yeah, so seven and eight, I feel like are, I get it, but I disagree. And my eight. Also with me. My, also with me. My eight is... The Fablemans. Okay. You, okay. So I knew you were low on it. Wasn't sure you're going to be that low, but okay, there it is. We're going to wait a bit for that. But you're uh, not the low man because I also have the Fablemans at eight. Yes. And wow. Yes. That's fucking amazing. I All thought right. I was going to be the low man by like considerable amounts. No. You're making me want to switch my eight here, but I'm not <laughs> going to. I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to play nice here with this for now, for at least a, a, a peg in the ladder here, <laughs> a rung in the ladder, if you will. My, my eight and my seven are, are, I have handcuffed to each other, but I'll be nice and make my eight Elvis. Okay. Uh, I, do we want to do the Elvis bashing first or do we want to do the Elvis apology first? I did my Elvis do apology the ba- with do Austin bashing. Butler. Do, do the bashing. Do the bashing. Go. Elvis. Joey, it was your 10. Uh, Adam, it was your... Nine. Nine. It's my eight. It's all. It's low for everyone. I will say that the reason why it, it's, it's nine and not 10 is uh, at least it gave me a lot to talk about. That's why, honestly, like, it, this could easily be my 10, to be perfectly honest. I'm, I'm really confused by the story that they were trying to tell. And I do think that trying to tackle like most of a person's existence is tough. Um... And then when you when you elevate that person's existence to even more than what they really did, I I, I found the storytelling quite quite frankly quite quite appalling to be perfectly honest. Um, and uh, Elvis and like I'll, I guess I'll phrase it this way: Elvis robbed the black community once. I didn't realize that Baz Luhrmann was going to do it for him again. So, yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, Joe, 
Yeah, so the the Baz Luhrmann substanceless style does not work. Um, I, I think this was a tough watch. I Again, I think Austin Butler did great. I think he's very impressive. I really like him. But I think if... I, I think it's a really bad movie around him. And I just think some of... You know, I, I made a joke on the Circuit Podcast that, you know, in 22 Jump Street, when they're, like, talking about edits in, like, in... um you know, on the computer, they're like, oh, Starburst, ah, oh, flip the page. That's pretty much what Baz Luhrmann was doing. The storytelling oh, doesn't where, work. Oh, I know, where was the consistency, the coherence? There, like, when we'd go from city to city, it was like, a, what font looks cool here? And, like, there was, was absurd. No, nothing connected. Oh, man, yeah, what a... I mean, Blanc oh, cool. was the worst oh, thing I watched, oh, I could but this isn't oh, far behind. Oh, I could flip the page, I could flip the screen and make it cool. Now I'm in a car, so let's do that seven times for some reason. Okay, can can I talk? Can I talk? Can I talk? Can I talk? Okay. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, actually, I, wor- I really want to say I really, really, genuinely appreciate both of you doing that without bringing up Tom Hanks because <laughs> he's so uh, deplorable. Because we, we all, you know, we all he's white. he's that guy. <laughs> he's that guy. All right? We've all dealt with that guy <laughs> in that situation before, and in this situation, he happens to be that guy. So I appreciate you guys coming up with other things to bring up. I really, I, I actually like this movie. Um, I, I do. First of all, I'm a little bit, I, I, I'm a little bit of a sucker in the sense that I Elvis was the first step of music for me. It was the first thing I listened to as a little kid. My, my parents Elvis CDs. So like that, that's. I'm going to be a little bit of a mark there with that. That's just kind of how it's going to go. The performance scenes in this are beyond incredible. Like they are electric. They're amazing. You can roll your eyes all you want. I, 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 they, the movie brings you right back in every time we go into one of those. The scene of him uh, uh, on, the, on the baseball field playing uh, uh, Trouble. Uh, the, the opening scene of him addressing Pink. Just, just awesome, awesome electric stuff. All of that leads into the performance. All right, the Elvis robbing the black community thing. All right, it's fine, but like I, I don't, I mean, I, I kind of took it as, as like they're kind of showing that he is in debt to the black community. You don't, you didn't get that the view at all. No, no. I, I feel like b- the way that they had him kind of watching the, was, is it the, Christmas? he's blaming like, Oh, I'm going to perform that song. Cause that's probably what he did. You know, <laughs> like I, I, I mean, like it's wasn't like, you know, like he like, uh, I, I don't know. I think that, I think if anything that showed that like none of his stuff was really all that original, No, but I, he I, was I, this vessel this vessel to to move to move this great music to a bigger stage. I, I mean, so I think I think my my big issue with it, like whether or not like he saw what happened to Martin Luther King Jr. and that's why he decided to kind of like make the change that he did in the film. It, it like I don't know if that happened for real or not. You know what I mean? But I think my bigger problem is that the movie decided to focus focus on that, right? And, yeah, and, like, and, yeah, and and I'm I'm with you on that. And I think like a movie. A biopic is tough because I would say like the the biopics that work the best for me are the ones that focus on a real specific period of time, right? Like I think the reason why I like Selma is because Selma focuses on like this period of Martin Luther King Jr.'s life. Elvis is so all encompassing. It's like, I, I, it's it's hard yeah, so- it's hard to make that connection. Plus, sorry, the, the other thing is I the for me and this is this is maybe this is a, a thing that I need to work on. But I like to walk away from a biopic having learned something I didn't know about the person before watching it. I walked away 
going like, okay, yeah, I think I think I pretty much got all that before this. Yeah. So I guess maybe the easiest way for me to do this is just to say what I liked about it, and yeah. then we can move on. Um, there was an inner working theme in there that really that I that I was drawn to, and it was it was, and I thought this is what Baz Luhrmann was doing this. And I need to say, I am not a Baz Luhrmann apologist. I have. I could give two shits about Baz Luhrmann. I don't like any of his other films. I, I'm not here to, 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 you know, be the defense attorney for Baz Luhrmann. But I saw what he was trying to do with this, in at least to what connected with me. And, it was, and that was is that here's a man who had an ability, and they teased it a little bit with the superhero stuff. It's a little cheesy, a little over-stylized. I get all that. He had the ability to be a superhero because of his love for music, for his, his, his ability to connect to the people. And he could raise the medium that he was performing on to a level that no one has seen before. But he was unable to survive the corruption that surrounded that entity. And he was ultimately a victim of, of, the, of the bigger scene and all that. And, and that part of the movie as bad as as Hanks was and as as overlong as the movie was despite its awkward rapid pace um I, I I that connected with me and and it was mostly done with how much you can marvel at this man's discography I mean just the, the song after song after song like god this guy was the centerpiece of all of this wonderful music. I thought there was more than just a biopic in here with that. And and the performance we've said before is to me is is the best biopic performance that I have been a part of or that I've seen. Um, so that's why the movie connected with me. In the in the context of best picture, there are enough flaws here to say yes, it's it's a questionable best picture nominee at, at best. So that's that. So should we shall we move on? We shall. Joey, did you say what you wanted to say? Yeah, because everything else at this point is just mean about Tom Hanks looking like a melted candle. <laughs> Him looking like a first draft of Brendan Fraser in The Whale. Right, exactly. They're like, <laughs> okay. And I, 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 I'm going to ask this question. He's why? I don't want you to answer this question because it, it's a tangent, but I want to just leave this in the air. Please don't answer this question. Okay. What happened to Tom Hanks? What happened to our guy? My word. Okay, let's go. Let's yeah. We should move on. We should move on. Right. That's, that's a can of worms. Uh, okay, so that was number uh, seven for Adam. We're up to. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my that, that was, was number my eight. eight. Yeah. Okay. I I don't even have a lot of qualms with seven. It just it just is seven, and my seven is women talking. Moving on to Joey's seven. My seven is triangle of sadness. Okay. And my seven is everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm guessing we're going to wait a bit. It's going to be a little while. I thought you were going to have that at eight, so actually this feels well, like a victory. I mean, I mean, you know, after the conversation we just had, I'm glad I didn't know what it take a bigger beating than I'm going to take. Your number six. six. Okay, so my number six. I, I, I guess it, one through six, I'm on board. All on board. One but six. six is outside looking in in what we grew up to the Oscars being yes, in the five-nominee exactly. system. Exactly. So, yeah, so. And, my, and I will say that my, my seven, eight, nine, ten, all were locked. All say the same. My six moved just a little bit uh, from five before, but my number six, and it's the first time it's coming up, is all quiet on the Western Front. Joey. 
six. Six and five I had trouble with, and I've, I've gone back and forth a little bit, but at six I have um, women talking. Also my six, so let's go with women talking here. Uh, and Joey, I guess we'll have you, you start off here, because you, you were the first person of us to see it, I believe. You saw that very early. Yeah, I saw it early. I, f- I, f- yeah. I found a screener for it, so I was able to get yeah. on it. Yeah, cool. Um, I, I really, so, I mean, so about a week before I saw it, Kieran, me and you were at Trivia with Grant and Steve, and I we got a question. You knew, you got a, you know, you would have gotten right, but I made a push because I'm fucking arrogant. And, um, <laughs> you know, so I didn't really know anything. Um, so then after that, I got pissed. So I was like, right, I need to watch this fucking movie. So I got my hands on it. I thought it was great. I thought I was really impressed with the acting. Um, I just it just felt like a raw open nerve the entire time. I was all in on it. Um, I, I'm very happy it's nominated, and it feels real good to be at six. I'm gonna say a bit and kick it off to you, Adam. But I I loved the people in a room yeah. figuring their shit out and understanding we have a, we we're working with the clock. We, it just it brought me back to Twelve Angry Men, and you know it's nowhere near in the conversation with Twelve Angry Men, but just that style of movie—it's fun and and just hey, just this is just a group of people in the roof of a barn, just saying, hey, we got X amount of time to come to a decision. None of us are on the same page. Let's figure it out. It was uh, it was a refreshing it was a refreshing theater experience for me. Refreshing is a great experience. word. I really yeah. like that because. Yeah. Yeah, um, Adam, I'll kick it to you because I do have a hot take on the whole nominated for acting awards thing. But Adam, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I this movie is full of of actresses I I, I really admire, um, and I think everybody does a really good job. And I think it does something interesting where it's not it's not necessarily based on a specific real event, right? It's this is this is based on a a, a novel, uh, so it's not like trying to bring history to life right it's it's like it could have happened and things have happened like this um so there's I, so I there was, no there was a story I, in I south do, america yeah there's a yeah, hung, yeah. in hungary i do believe it's it's yeah. loosely based yeah. on a true story no the novel oh. was based on something that happened okay. yeah. yeah yeah but well yeah. Y- yes yes um right but there's something there's but the the liberties that are kind of taken with something like this where you can you can have this really kind of flesh out what this this meeting or these series of meetings um could look like um and there's a real, there's something about it. I think we mentioned this before. I don't know which, what podcast or what we're talking about. Like, there's something about a ticking clock that really makes makes yes. something amp up. That makes the stakes feel real. And um, that was definitely true of this. And and like you know, it's it's number seven for me. If for no other reason than just I I liked the other films more. It's not really a knock against this. And it does have an unfortunate sheen of like this is an important movie which i think will probably turn people off which is unfortunate because i think it's something that should be seen yeah yeah agreed and man there was something cool about um and i guess a little spoiler stuff if you want to just move on just fast forward a little bit but not not really a MacGuffin, but the not ever really seeing the bad guy was kind of cool in this you know the because the we purpose was the decision. Yeah, not, we don't yeah. need to see the men. We don't right. need to see the assailant. Like they're just—they're there. We know they're there. We feel them looming over us a bit. Uh, but I, I liked that decision. I agree, and and the way they showed that with Jesse Buckley's character and her kids was really, I think, perfect. Now, my hot take on the acting: I do not think anyone should have been nominated, and I mean that as a compliment. 
because I think that this is the type of movie, this is the type of ensemble, not to overuse that word, right. as I, that word is, is, is often used in this, where every little piece of this movie, every little person in the room invoked a specific emotion and a specific perspective on this horrible thing that happened to this community. And I think picking one of them to recognize for an award does a disservice to what the movie was trying to accomplish with each person that was in that room. Um, so I, I, I kind of think it's a little bit beautiful that none of them got singled out to be like, this is the one that deserves to be recognized for an award. Because that's that's that little harm of the of the award season. Where sure. It's, you know, uh, uh, and there were times where I'm like, oh, Jesse Buckley's overdoing it. And then the movie would go on, I'm like, oh, God, but Jesse, now, you know, like it, there was, they were all pieces of this machine that was working that, uh, that I, I just love that none of them were singled out in, in a, in a grander scope of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned that before, but, and, I'm, and even as I said, I'm like, well, who did I mean there? Rooney Mara? Did I mean Claire Foy? Did I mean Jesse Buckley? I, I think they were all fantastic. You know, I, you know, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I just think that, when there's such powerful performances, I, I'd much rather, you know, I'd like to see someone over Anna de Armas. Yeah. What do you think of that? Uh, what do you think? Of is that is that too idealistic, Adam? I, there, well, too, it, uh... it's tough because I think there there are there are you know there are plays, movies, TV shows, whatever that are very there's a clear lead, you know, and then there are ensemble things. But I think when like if you see somebody make it from your from your show or from, from whatever whenever you're a part of. That's a win for you. It re- it really is. So I think, I, you know, there are a couple. I mean, we talked about one already with Avatar. There's one we haven't talked about yet. That I'm sure we won't talk about for a while. Of of a movie that didn't have really any too many above the line nominees. Um, but this is one where the like because everybody is so good. I think some distinction it, it is warranted, and I don't think it's a it's a jealousy thing or like somebody feeling like they're getting left out. I mean, I think we as prognosticators and movie talkers put that on top of it, but somebody deserved to be recognized from this movie, and and whether it's I think whether it's Jesse Buckley or Claire Foy, there's. There's a there's a nominee in here. I don't I, who you pick, how I don't know, but I think oh, a, a single nominee is a is a win for the ensemble. Can we have it be the LVP of the movie? Can it- Francis McDormand? <laughs> get out of the get out of my movie. What are we? It's your come on. Well, wasn't, get she, out of here. wasn't she a producer just, on it? Yeah, she's like, she was producer. Oh, she's just trying to stick it. She's just trying to keep her like Oscar relevant movie streak alive. But it's, she, like, it's like Cal Ripken pinch she, running in the late. But the, she stayed. She stayed out of the bar. She was in the bar and then she stayed out. I, yeah, I, that's, I, did, I did. I did like that. I did like that she was not in it that much. Right. Like yeah. she, her fo- her point was her daughters and like her, and I, I thought it worked. Stay behind the scenes. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um. And I love, I love Francis. Yeah, no, I know. And I'm, I feel like I'm like alone. Like I feel like when we do the Nomadland episode, it's gonna be me. No, I'm the only one with you. I, I no, put that number one that year. Nobody, nobody Weird talks about the fact. That movie. No, nobody talks about the fact that Francis McDormand has three leading actress nominations. Yeah. No, nobody yeah. talks about that. She, she is one away from Catherine Hepburn, and and that's yeah. that's the goat for for women right there with four oscar wins so they're not like they're not like um like iffy wins either they're no. all kind of like authoritative wins like oh yeah it's not yeah. yeah um okay uh let's go to joey uh, help me out here that was okay that so was, that was our six so, R6, so yep. we're going all right so now we're uh, going ooh, top to the, five uh, boys the five the uh i, I always want to say it's like the old school 
but like when you go to the, if we go all the way back, it used to be ten, right? So, but all right, the but middle was, school, the one that we that we grew up knowing. The these are the five that we have that would be up if this was uh, if this was two thousand one, if this was nineteen eighty two. This is what it would be. These would be the five. So, Adam, give us your five. It is it is now time to talk about Triangle of Sadness. Okay, <laughs> um, is this is is this the Tom Jones of twenty twenty two film nominees here? Triangle Sadness makes Tom Jones look like uh, Chariots of Fire. No. Uh, wow. Uh, no. That's um, that was literally not a statement. That was just that was just <laughs> paralleling things. Uh, I don't know. What do you do? You want the good first or the bad first? Like do you, you want me to? Bad. Do you want the negative guy to go first? Or do you yeah, want the go first. Guy to go first? I don't know. So you had it at ten, Kieran. I had it at seven. Well, Elvis, what do we do? We had the Elvis Bashers go first, All right? Yeah. So the, uh, we'll go. All right, I'll go first. Okay. Triangle of Sadness. If you haven't seen this movie, uh, don't. Triangle Sadness is a pile of shit. I think this movie is an egregious Best Picture nomination. I think that this is barely a fucking idea. I don't see... This is a movie that, uh, when we talked about other movies that should be considered, that weren't considered... Um, I, I saved this for now, because I don't think Trial of... Uh, I don't think Triangle of Sadness accomplishes anything that the menu didn't accomplish. I think the menu. Uh, I think the menu is more efficient, more succinct, more clever, uh, more intuitive, uh, more charismatic, more charming in every sense of the way in what it wanted to accomplish. Um, this is satire for satire's sake. It's one of the worst second acts in any movie I've ever seen ever. Third act. I. I uh, second act. The second <laughs> on, act. on the boat. With the puke and the poop oh, and the okay. and the Woody I, Harrelson, I hard disagree. Yeah, all right, yeah, okay, okay, all right, so well, do I. all right. Well, okay. I think the second act is horrific. I think it's absolutely horrific. Uh, I think Woody Harrelson, who I love and who I've never seen anything in that I don't love, should have been up for a Razzie in this movie. This is you. You literally have him over a PA system saying everything that you need to see as a listener. I I really genuinely believe that this movie should have been unwritten. And I loved it a half hour in. The first act, I was all in. Great. All in. I was in. I was like, I was like, ooh, this is great. The conversation between the guy and his, it was like, I'm like, oh God, I don't agree with either of them, but this is really interesting. Like, like and um, it, it had me in and then it just went, it just went overboard. And um, I have a quote. I have a quote ready, believe it or not, from, from last year's, Last year's Oscar episode, Joey, I'm quoting you here. Ooh. <laughs> a satire doesn't work if it's heavy-handed and obvious. Then it's just poor preachiness. This mo- and, and the movie you were talking about then was Don't Look Up, which I, I, I took a look. This movie lacked any sort of, oh, I wonder what they're trying to say here. You couldn't come out of this without knowing exactly what they think and what they were trying to say. And listen... I don't give a shit for the people they were attacking in this movie. Like, well, the, and it's this is kind of the theme of the year, the one percenters, and this is that. But like, the menu got them perfectly, and they got it done. And it, and I was having fun during the movie. And there was parts where I was laughing, and there's parts where I was scared, and there's parts where I was thinking. And this movie was just a fucking roller coaster that just makes you queasy, and you're never excited. So that was that was that's that's me bearing it. Give me, give, let me. We all love movies for different reasons. Tell me why you loved it, or, or I don't know. 
Adam, Joey, who you want? I'll go. I'll go. So the first act, I love the first act. It's it's so uncomfortable and it's such a non-movie fight where they just make you stay with things way longer than is inappropriate. The second act, I think, is so over the top and so overwritten that it actually works. I think that if the third act worked a little bit better for me, this movie would be way higher. I think the third act, um, like, lost me. At the, the, the very end when he's, you know, running, not saying what he's running to, mm-hmm. but I, I really like that. I just think from the point of the, the dinner to him running is just not as strong as the rest of the movie. So that's why it landed at eight for me um, over because I, I think it, you know, it's a movie that lives in and, you know, Ruben Oslin lives in over written satire. I, I just think, um, man, I love the first act so much. I love that the third act was just like Lord of the flies without the commitment. I, so first of all, hard agree on the third act. Totally. I'm not going to lie. I, the third act is the weakest part of the movie. Um, and Kieran, I agree. I, I if, if you're telling me we could take out Triangle of Status and put in the menu, I'd be fine with that. Like, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I right? love I'm the not, menu. Not, love the menu. But and, and it, it's hard because I, I want to. I'm going to save. This is going to come back. But what I, I think I appreciate, appreciate about this movie more than anything is that it took a big fucking swing and that it did it with. Like I think, the, and we we all pretty much shit on Don't Look Up last year, and I think part of the reason why we we did, and I don't want to speak for any of you, is like here's a a a, a known entity of a director, and like a, a, a extremely talented cast, and they couldn't elevate the script to something that I think we all could agree was like something worth watching. I I think what worked for me with this was that I didn't have any any connection to any of these people outside of Woody Harrelson. And so watching these people do what they do, and I, I, I thought it was totally relevant. I, I, the, the, the first act is great with the, just the couple, but then like the pretentious people on this boat and what they, they think is important. I mean, I, I, I totally understand the criticism of this being seen as heavy handed, but for me it worked. I, I totally loved everything about it. When the grenade goes off and it's like, is this? Well, oh my god! Spoiler, but yeah, when yeah. that happens. Yeah, whatever. At this point, uh, I, it, 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 <laughs> I I dug it. And if and if the third, I, I and the the, the, the non committal of the third act, Joe, a great great thing. If that, I gotta I gotta be honest. If the third act somehow was a little more succinct, this is a this is top three. Honestly, I agree. Top three. Um, I agree so with you. I, I just. I'm seeing a trend in a lot of these movies these days. It's it's a trend of not knowing how to tell a story. And this, to me, is a is a prime example. We're going to talk about one in a little bit. It's going to be very unpopular, so I'll, I'll, I'll do it now. I'll get my point out now before I'm the ultimate bad guy. But Act 1, we set up these interesting, empathetic characters that or 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 the opposite or characters that you're d- detestable or whatever it is but they're just they're intriguing enough and they're having the right kind of conversation that you're you're drawn in by them or you're like all right where are these people going to do what are they going to go and the third act you're going to make your point whatever that point is but in the second act we're just going to have all this kind of fucking chaos and craziness and weirdness that's gonna that's gonna shuffle around a little bit like a magic trick. So you think that I'm, I'm I'm clever, and then yes, we're gonna have little moments of like, I mean, listen, the 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 two of them trying to explain what a social influencer is, 
and, and to the like, gun runners. Oh, oh, she get all this money? Like, nah, we kind of just sort of get free stuff. Like, like no, like that's like that's really good, but that's not a story. That's just an idea. And when you just have a bunch of ideas and a bunch of little like not even set pieces, just kind of like paragraphs stuck into this thing, that's not a story. That's not a you're not you're not telling me something. You're not doing what what we see in Banshees. You're not doing what we see in, in a, a movie we haven't talked about yet coming up. Like that's not that's not a complete idea. To me, it's just a bunch of shit thrown onto a ship, and now you're like, oh, we're gonna have it. Everyone's gonna get seasick, and then, uh, all right, they survive. There's puke and shit everywhere, but uh, now the Somalian pirates are coming. In. It's just like, come on, dude. And then I don't even. You guys brought up the third act enough. I don't even need to address that. But the fact that anyone thought that someone should have been up for an Oscar in an acting category in this is fucking absurd to me. But uh, we'll we'll move on. I, I've said my piece. Unless you, there's a last defense you want to throw out there for it. You know, I, I think I had only seen one of Ruben Oslin's uh, movies before, The Square, mm-hmm. um, which is um, which I also really like. It's uh, it's kind of the overwritten satire of the art world. Which, but my my last thing is the lead actress died before she got to promote this, and I I enjoyed her in this. All right, um, yes. Okay. So you know, just shout out to her. Shout out to her, South African uh, actress. Yeah, right. yeah, got to get it. Um, yeah, she was. She, uh, if I could throw a little a little compliment, as I did, if we're because I did get the directing nomination. The 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 seasickness, the way that was shot was was kind of cool. Yeah, I oh yeah, that was kind of cool. Just showing the shaky boat and how they made the like you were you were wavy. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's gonna be a no for me, dog. This movie. <laughs> I, sw- uh, <laughs> I and I think you know again we don't me and Kieran talk a lot, but we don't talk about this. And I think it was like two weeks ago when after I saw Living, and I was like, you didn't like Triangle, and you're like, no, we're not talking about it. I'll yeah, say. this is the one that <laughs> yeah. I held back the most on because like I really wanted Joey to have this prank like two in the worst way, and just. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So that's so that's uh, triangle of sadness. Let's head to so number my number five. five yeah. So my number five is all quiet on the Western Front. Also my five. Also my five. There we go. So Joe, I guess lead us off with uh, all quiet. You know, if you go back, if just swipe down, there's many hours <laughs> yeah. of us talking about all the the, uh, the original, and we did touch on this. You know, I love this movie. Uh, my brother's watching this movie as we as we speak. I think. I think it's fantastic. Um, I, I I think I'm so happy it's nominated. I'm so happy it got so much love at BAFTA. That that was great. And you know, I, man, it's just brutal and never lets you fucking breathe. And you're just in it and you feel it and it kicks your ass. And the last scene, um, you know, some really great last scenes this year. And this one is just just fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I think I watched this before the nominations were announced. Uh, I think it was it was becoming clearer that this was going to be up for Best International Feature, but not necessarily yeah. up for Best Picture. And I watched this over break, and uh, I watched it during the day because my, kid, my kids were at school. And I I got to be honest, I, was, I came in very trepidatious. I, and I think mostly because, not just because it was... It's already been made into an, an Oscar-winning film, but because I was I was a li- I've, I'm a little low on the original All Quiet on the Western Front, but what they did with this, they made me feel so in in the world. They they really made me feel like 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 I it, it's I think it's one of the first times I've really questioned what the fuck would I do if I was called to duty or or in service. You want right? to dodge bullets, and it really put me in the world. I, I, maybe I think. Possibly more than any other war film I've seen. All right, so I hate this movie. Um, I hate the score. 
and that's why I think it should win best score. Um, I hate, <laughs> I hate it. It should win best foreign, foreign film, um, yeah. foreign language film. Uh, it should have been up for, for director. I hate this movie, and that's why it's great, because this movie's not meant to be loved. This is an ugly, nasty. The only thing beautiful about this movie is the cinematography. That's why it's so accomplishes its goal. I mean, it is. Oh, it accomplishes you, it. You should not feel good <laughs> about about the fact that any of this went on. I don't want to revisit this movie again for all the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, and and um, it 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 deserves a seat at the table here. Hundred yeah. percent. So I I rewatched nine of these. I rewatched everything but Avatar for this, and I watched this very like right. I think the week. The week it came out, I saw this, and um, I was like, I have to rewatch it. And I was like nervous for the rewatch because I was like, that's it's a lot of feeling. It's a lot of feeling, <laughs> but it's 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 you know I was really happy it got nominated. Yeah, yeah, and you know you can you can check out our well I guess our episode's really more on the older one. Though. But we um, talk, me, me and yeah, Grant uh, talk the about it. Points against it for the remake factor. It just really is what it is. The same with Spielberg's uh, West Side Story last year. And a, a remake of a film that's already revered is only going to climb so high on the ladder. And Joey, we talk about all the time. I want people to remake bad movies and make them good. Yeah, like don't don't remake Best Picture winners. Exactly. You know, don't remake. I mean, I guess a, a, a well Nightmare Alley was a bit of a. Uh, kind of a, a tepid middle one, you know. Uh, give me the year, give but, me the Cimarron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Nightmare Alley we had very high last year. Adam, you had that very low last yeah. year. And but, I, I don't. I I feel like maybe time has probably been a little kinder to Adam than us. I mean, no one really know, talks about man, that. Man, that came up the other. Somebody was. Somebody asked me the other day about my rankings for last year, and they're like, "You had Nightmare Alley where?" Yeah, and I, was like, and I had a three. That's high. I had it. I had it three or four, and I, I was like, had a two. I did have a two. You're you right. Two. I coded them that yeah. then Belfast. And I had him at a ten. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Dune. But <laughs> well, you're not gonna like the intro. The Dune you're not gonna hole. like the intro to this this episode then. The previous year's score winner will introduce us each year. So we're gonna Love hear it. a little Dune to start this one. But it's a great gimmick. Great gimmick. Adam's number four. Adam's four. I gotta say, I'm really thrilled. There are there are three movies that haven't come up yet. Um, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say one of them yet. My number four, and this dropped a week and a half ago. This was my number one, and it is now my number four. And that is wow. That is everything, everywhere, all at once. Whoa! Was not expecting his director winner is his four. Wow. Okay, a little hey. bit of a shocker there. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, listen. But I think just. To say that uh, a week ago it was your one and now it's your four, that's a little bit of a credit to yeah. the movies that we're dealing with here. Right. Yeah. All right. So, so you're four. Yeah. So the top four were always the top four. They're all fucking awesome. And I'm not happy what I have at top at, at number four because it feels too low. But um, I, I have Tar here. Tar four. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, my four, we are going to be having a discussion about here. Because it is the Fablemans. The Fablemans at four. I knew that, Adam, you were going to have this low. I didn't think you were going to have it that low. Joey, I also didn't think you'd have it as low as you as you did. So I, I guess um, I'll just say my piece on the Fablemans here. I'll let you guys uh, take it through the ringer a little bit. I'm a sucker for a coming-of-age story. I am. Um, I've been pretty critical of Steven Spielberg's last 10 to 15 years in general. Um, this is 
definitely my favorite movie that he's done in the last 10 to 15 years. I dug the performances. I Michelle Williams, who we didn't mention really at all in that actress discussion, and I, I thought well, she'd because be someone's she odd be person it. out. Well, well, okay, well, that yeah. was my point, is I thought she'd be someone's odd person out, uh, because that's a bit of a polarizing performance. I mean, a lot of people think she's horrible in that. Um, I got what she was doing there, and I... I Kind of dug in. I give a little bit of benefit of doubt to, to Spielberg with it. Thought the league kid was awesome. I thought all the, the high school stuff was was a fun little world to live in. And man, that closing scene just is just a winner for me. You know, it would be kind of an eye roller if this was like a picture director slam dunk winner and everyone bows down to the Fablemans. I, I get that, but I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I, I really thought it was a nice little let's come back around with Spielberg's career and, and see where we're at here with this. And it won me over on Dano. Um, it won me over on David Lynch as an actor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Great cameo. And, uh, yeah. Take it to the house, boys. Uh, for me, it's, it's actually pretty simple. Um, and as much as I appreciated his version of West Side Story last year, I mean, when are we going to s- stop rewarding a master's mediocre films? I got to be honest. Like, this is... I'm so sick of seeing Steven Spielberg nominated for something, and I'm so sick of directors telling us why film is important to them. Like, we we all love films. I don't need another story about how he saw a film and then realized, I like films now. Like, I don't need that. We got, And honestly, we got a lot of that last year. We even got some of that this year in different ways. And Mendez is a, Mendez yeah, is a thing to I'm just... Yeah. I mean, and and if and it's I know it's not you can't really do a direct comparison, but it's like, isn't that what Belfast was? Wasn't that Belfast? Why Brana fell in love with film uh, during a specific? Ah, uh, come on! Now you're splitting hairs. You are splitting. No, because that was escapism. That was escapism, and that had to do with leaving the, the escapism. Uh, what? Well, that's, that's the not troubles? splitting hairs. Hold because, on. Hold well, on. It's not splitting hairs. I like both movies. Or escapism from a, a marriage that's falling apart. Escapism is escapism. A director talking about films that were important to them and why why they are now a filmmaker. It, it those those films okay, are so more linked or was, than it, you think. was the film aspect part of the Fablemans? Way, a way bigger part of the movie than it was in, in Brano's film. Like the, the filmmaking, the, the the whole filmmaking aspect was is so much more important in the Fablemans than it is in in, in, in Belfast. And that's and, and Belfast is really like there's a couple scenes with him in the theater. It's no, really not that many scenes with but, him in the theater. But, but but okay, yes, that's true. But like. You're not gonna do a shot of somebody in a cinema and like then do a close up of a young kid's face being totally absorbed by the movie without it meaning something. All of those movies have that. The Fablemans has the exact same thing with the greatest show on earth. And but the, I, but the Fablemans is but the Fablemans is about him growing up as a filmmaker. The, Belfast is not about him growing up as a filmmaker. It has the scene of him with his family. In the black and white color, and yes, it is pronounced, and yes, it is. And that's. Uh, and I, I think, hate the term, but you're going to use it, so I'll use it first. The Beatty, I get no, that. But like, that's that's why I think I think Belfast works more for me than the Fablemans is because it's all about it's all about the filmmaking and like and I I got to be honest that Michelle Williams Williams performance is terrible. It yeah, is one and, of the a lot of worst agree things with you. that she's done, and, and a lot of people agree with you. I I, and like don't get me wrong, I'm not going to sit here and say that it was a like a poorly made film. Like it's Spielberg, it's John Williams, it's a good cast, like everything about the film, but it's also this is 
it's mediocre Spielberg. I think this is a mediocre film that is only being recognized because of the person who made it. It's the most, it's the most tepid. And I, I think if the film had more, the best part of the film is the last four minutes. It's, it's the kid. Well, that's, there's no arguing. It's yeah, the no, kid that's... with Lynch. And when the camera changes, I was like, wow, if there was more of that in this movie, one, two. Yeah. But right. it's, it's, I, I honestly thought it was boring. I thought it was a boring film. Go. So as much as I loved watching Klaus get killed on the big screen, <laughs> so I saw this first in the theaters, and at that point I probably would have had it around six because I liked it. I, Michelle Williams' performance was so messy and all over the place for me; it just didn't work. As much as I love Dano and the and the um, lead kid whose name I unfortunately don't remember, Gabriel Labelle. Yeah, I thought he was great. Thank you. Watching it on TV really hurt me. I, I was really had a hard time engaging with it a second time where a lot of these other movies the second time really brought me in further this really did not and uh, Michelle Williams stood out even more as and I'm a huge fan of her and I really don't have anything I dislike from her but this one just did not work for me and I think that just pulled the movie down She's ha- she's thankful for Anna de Armas, and <laughs> we didn't bring her up in the in the odd person out. It's the if, clean sweep. She if someone was else was form. in there, yeah, someone yeah. else. If, if anybody else in that role, I'm probably going her. Just Anna de Armas. I mean, how the hell do you leave her in? Yeah, oh man, I, I this is kind of one of those, I guess, where I just have to admit when I'm a sucker. You know, <laughs> like I, 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 it happens. You know, right? Yeah, I mean, no, like, listen, it, you know, like I. I I'm not apologizing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not apologizing. But I, I'm always a sucker for the coming-of-age film, and I bought what Michelle Williams was selling. Like, And maybe I gave Spielberg the benefit of the doubt because he's captaining a movie about his mother, so uh, I don't think he's necessarily projecting something that wasn't something that he was emotional about or felt. So maybe like that. that's where I, I kind of gave the pass there. Um, cause it worked for me. It worked for me. I mean, um, I don't think that Seth Rogen belongs anywhere near a serious movie. I thought he was horrible. Um, I thought that whole part of it was terrible. You I, thought I, he was I'm, horrible. I'm so tired of that crew trying to like, they're like, Oh, this, this genre of our movies isn't a thing anymore. So we're going to start, you know, like creeping our way into these serious movies. Yeah. Him, Jonah Hill, James Franco, the whole crew of jabronis. Like, like James Franco has been banished to, uh, to, to Anna Sharon, of course, but, uh, <laughs> uh yeah. So well, Jonah um, Hill's CGI kissing now. So I don't even know what that means. So that's like the Ferris wheel thing. I don't know what's going on with that, but, um, yeah. So, all right, that's the Fablemans, you know, I'll take the L on that. All right. <laughs> no, listen, it worked for you. Listen, this would be really stupid if our 10 through 1 was all the same. This no, would be a waste cool, of fucking cool. time. Right, so, but sometimes, you know, you got to you you gotta get, you gotta take the, the Some things hit you different. All right. Adam's three. Oh, man, we're top three. This is, this is big. Oh, man, I really want this to be two. I really, really, really so want this do to it. be two. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. My number three. Ah, fuck. My number three is Tar. Wow. That T, that T, I thought you were going a different way with that T, so I feel good about that. Uh, uh, Joey, number three. Again, don't love it, but this is just how it falls because, you know, look at the big picture, but uh, I'm, I'm the first one saying it. Um, Banshees. Okay. That was your number three? That was my number three. And my number three is Tar, Tar, the three. All right, so I had it at four. You guys had it at three. 
Is it Tartan? It's Tartan. Yeah, I had it oh, at four. Oh, you guys oh, had, you it, had it at four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I, I had, thought, it, way, I had okay. it way too low. So Tar, you know, Adam, you had recommended it and I hadn't seen it yet. And I was like, oh, fuck, I got to get on this. And I watched it and man, I, I know more about music history than I have any business ever knowing. But her character work through this is so fucking good. It's phenomenal. But everyone else works. Like I loved watching the orchestra look at each other and just under you know just the faces they're making at each you know stories of there's there's so much in it whether you know it's 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 the power and everything going on it's just it's all works and where she ends up at the end in the fact that there's a sequel no one's ever going to see and i just think it's such a that's cool i like that yeah no it 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 was a short released at a at a festival and no one will ever see it again oh cool um with the way the um the, the ballots go like I see this like winning just because the <laughs> ballots split. Oh, but, <laughs> no, <that's> <laughs> but I, I really love this movie, and um, you know, it's the first time I watched it, I was like, I fucking love this movie, and I had it so high. But I was like, I, I struggled with like, was it just Kate Blanchett that? And then I, uh, the the rewatch, I was like, no, it's it's the entire film. Man, okay, so the first the first fifteen minutes of this movie, or ten minutes, I don't know what the interval is. It's such a tough hang. And I'm watching this. I'm like, Jesus, this is a pretentious. I'm going to have such a hard time with this movie. This this is this is going to be brutal. Like, I'm telling you right now, like, this is going to be brutal. We get up to that that scene that Adam referred to before the the um, the master class scene. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, this is a movie that I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be invested in. And. Man, I, I, as I, t- I said before, I'm a, a sucker for coming of age stories. I'm the sucker for the downfall. Like, well, tortured genius movies yeah. too. Oh like, yeah, the Amadeuses of yep. it all, and the, like, um, God, um, the, it's just very clear about halfway through this movie that you're watching something pretty special, 100%. you know, and and. Uh, Todd Field, who's a guy who is really, you know, I mean, he couldn't pick his projects any more carefully. He's done like three movies in 30 years, right? Little Children and what is it, In the Bedroom? In the Bedroom, yep. And that's it, right? Yep. It's just uh, it. Little Children, In the Bedroom, Tar, are they all up for Best Picture? I don't think Little Children was, No, right? it wasn't, but, no. But In the Bedroom was? Yes. Yeah, all right. So <laughs> the guy's like, you know, it's just like, yeah, every decade I'm going to have an Oscar-relevant movie. Um, and Little Children, I've been meaning to see. Oh, you haven't seen Little Children? Got, no, you, I know. Winslet and and um, oh, and that's got my dude. Uh, that's Patrick got Wilson. my uh, yes, yes. Yeah. yes okay. I love okay. Patrick Wilson. Oh my God! Please, you gotta watch it soon. Yeah. It is. It, it. I. Well, I would say it's Todd Field's best movie. Um, yeah. Is that is is that um uh, the uh, new Freddy Krueger? Is the uh, um um early uh, 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 James Earl Haley. James Earl Haley, yeah, okay, yes. he's, he's the supporting actor nomination. Yes. Yeah, wow, okay. So, Adam Tar. Um, so yeah, the first time I watched this, uh, I watched it on a plane, which was not ideal, but I still got it. I still enjoyed it. And uh, in the last week and a half, I rewatched a couple of the uh, the films as much as, as time allowed. And I started this, and for somebody who you know who teaches and has a family, I started this at a dangerous like nine fifteen, and I was like, because uh, this is a long movie. <laughs> it's a long movie, yep. yeah, and. 11 whatever rolls around and I I was wide fucking awake. I was so it pulls me in and it's not just Kate Blanchett. It's it's the way that Todd Field tells the story and 
it's not that I forgot what was happening, but because we never see the face of the of the um, of the student kind of in question, I'll leave it vague for right. people who haven't seen it. Um, it pulled me in more because I it, it, it's so mysterious when um, the night of the performance comes with Mahler's fifth and she goes out on stage. Oh, the man. storytelling is so good; you don't know what's happening. Um, and then the last part of the movie, when she, after, basically from the point where she goes home to the very end. I was just, I was bowled over by the ending. I thought, what a way to take us out. What a, what a big leap that, that I could totally see not working for people, but for me, it totally did. Agree. Yeah, I, I heard you talk about that on a 1001 episode where you used it as a, a recommend too. Very cool. Taking gender out of this movie and having all the principal people be female was such a smart move um, to just not, do this man versus woman sexual dynamic. It was it was a really smart move to to just have it be about power. Yep, hundred percent. And not be like man versus woman power. No, it's just no, it's just power. You know, it's it's, it's not clouding the story. It, 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 it's, it, yeah. it's it's very simple. It's very simple about what it is, and uh, that was a very smart move. I agree. Um, and it, I think and, they made a lot of smart moves. And and I think what takes a back seat to that because I think I do think that that power is is a lot about what this movie is about but the other thing that doesn't get enough attention is there's a real generational thing here and uh, beyond just the when the the new um i think was he a cellist what what is mm, yes yeah beyond yeah. just beyond just her like discovering things on youtube versus like hearing it on vinyl or or in person right which is so so against what lydia tar would have done that master class like I, i'm gonna i will speak in total vagaries but like i'm i'm involved in a show where we're changing lines because a younger generation isn't comfortable saying some of the words in a play versus like me i'm like if it's in the play i'll say it because i get the difference between who i am as a person and the character i'm playing and right that again that that master class 10 years from now we're going to look at that scene and go Todd Field fucking nailed the difference between us and the generation behind us. Abs- well, Adam, Adam couldn't have said that better. <laughs> <laughs> Re- really, yeah. honestly, dude, you said that perfectly. That. Yep, that was amazing. Fuck. Well <laughs> yeah, done. It, it, it. I got to get it back in my ears. Now. I save, the, the, I save the all the good drop. things for the podcast. I don't host. No, I think that's what I'm. That's Tar. Top two. And and, and oh, sorry. The other thing I just love about Tar two is is that. There's another three-hour podcast beyond what we just said oh about God. Tar, and and I hope it wins so we can have it. Honestly, the, the, if there's ever a Tar episode, it's going to be so long. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, okay. We are on to... Number two. Uh, that was Adam, my three, so yeah. Adam, you're two. My number two is, uh, I think, the first time that we're heading uh, on a highway to the danger zone, and that is Top Gun Maverick. I am also... On the runway, ready to go for Top Gun Maverick at two. Don't buckle up just yet. Yeah. Danger Zone's <laughs> waiting for you both. My number two is the Banshees of Inishiran. Fucking love it. Which might be one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. But yeah. By the way, it is at number two. Yeah, no. Um, better, better than my winner last year. How about that? In Belfast. But, uh, okay. Adam, you're number one. My number one is the Banshees of Inisherin. Cool. And and Joe, your number one? Everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay. And then uh, we know what my number one is. So 
I think we should I, I end think, with I yours. Think, yeah, being the fact that no one has discussed th- the one that I'm I think doing we end yours. End yeah, is, is that there has been a ton of banshees talk. So let's do that next. Where, where did you have banshees, Joe? I added three. So we added three. You added two. Adam had it one. I had it one. Okay. So, um, Adam, you are. Uh, I mean, listen, man, you're. I gotta. I mean, I, 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 I kind of feel like you're partially responsible to introducing me to. Martin McDonough, you know, I, I had never heard of In Bruges before uh, your episode with with Mike uh, from Cinemus popped up. I watched the movie because of that episode. I listened to you guys talk about it. So like it was on your top 10. So you're the you're the Martin McDonough guy. Take us to uh, the Banshees and, and everything we need to say about it right now. So the all fir- at once, the first time that I- <laughs> The first time that I watched this, I watched it as soon as it was available on HBO Max, and I watched it by myself, and I enjoyed it a lot. But we got to the, I got to the end of the movie, and I was like, huh, how do I – I didn't know how to feel about the movie as a whole. I loved everybody in it. I thought it was gorgeously shot, but I got done, and I was like, hmm, okay. Now, here's where the rewatch paid in dividends. Because I watched, and I gotta say, and Melissa's gonna be embarrassed as shit that I'm bringing this up, but I have to. So I rewatched it with her, because I'm like, hey, Melissa, I'm trying to watch as many of these again for the second time, and she'd seen a few of these before, but you didn't. She didn't watch Banshees with me, so I'm like, let's watch Banshees. So we watch it. We're watching it. She's in from the beginning. She's in it, and I'm like, yes, great, okay, cool. So we're watching it, and she's loving Carrie Condon. She's, um, uh, what's? Oh my God, I feel so bad. What's the donkey's name? Jenny. 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 She's, I mean, she's in. We're all in. We're watching it. It's great. It's, it's going so well. And I, I will say that none of these move, movies moved me the way that Coda did last year. I'm, I'm gonna, I just want to put that over here. Like, I was so emotionally invested in Coda. No movie did that to me this year. But we're watching Banshees. And we get to the end. They're on the beach. And um, Colin Farrell's pretty much like, I'll see you when I see you. And he walks away. And that's the end of the movie. And so, and the music, and Carter Burwell's great score is playing over the top of it and credits roll. And I, and I, I stop it and I go to Melissa, I go, so what'd you think? She goes, I don't know about that ending. I don't know how I feel about that ending. And like, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of talking about what I think about it is. And I look over and Melissa is bawling, bawling. And I'm like, what's going on? And she goes, I just feel so bad for Colin Farrell's character. What he had to go through to get to this point, and he still didn't get any resolution. And I'm, I'm watching this, and I'm going, this movie got you to cry. Mm. And I was so... After I, the fact. Yeah. I, and I was so moved by that. It, her thinking about the movie is what made her cry. Not even anything actively in the movie, but her thinking about the movie made her cry. Wow. And, and I don't think that this is McDonough's best film. I still think it's in Bruges. But the fact that this like this really endearing, sweet kind of film mixed in with all this dark humor, it's I, I equate this to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I think is Tarantino's sweetest film, which consistently rises in my estimation the more I think about that film. Banshees is about people dealing with what seems like mundane stuff, but to them is hugely important. And it's the most complete, I will say, I will say it is, and the way that you phrased that earlier, Kieran, is great in terms of like Oscar stuff. It's the most complete McDonough film. It's also the most welcoming McDonough film. And all of those things put together, I mean, I get to praise a playwright who I, I love. So, uh, Banshee's yeah. been a Sharon. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw this on a random Thursday. I was just, 
not in a good place. So I just needed to like go do something. So I went, I saw it's like 10 o'clock on a Thursday. I didn't think, God, I fucking loved it. And I've watched it, I've watched it three other times since Christ. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just each time there's just, just more to it. And, and I keep going back to the, the, the scene with Barry, um, Barry Keoghan and, um, Carrie Condon and, you know, the, uh, the dead dream. And it's just, mm. there's just so much heart breaking this. There's so much sweetness to this. There's, it's, it's, it's beautiful to look at, you know, there's just beauty. And, and, and while they're just across the water, there's just devastation. Like there's so much kind of disparity of what you're seeing and feeling that it, it and it works so much and it's just like this push pull that god they do such a good job of making it all work and all i mean i was crying at the end i got a little shout out to to uh our our buddy ian rest in peace ian but i i have a shout out to him because i had a couple movies on my watch list that that ian um both said were masterpieces and the first one was, and just it ties into this year too, because it's Spielberg, and it was um, Munich, which oh. oh, I love anyone who loves the movie. I don't yeah. necessarily agree that that would be a masterpiece. Uh, it just for me, not a masterpiece. But the other one that he recommended, and he recommended this to me personally, and I had it at the very top of the list, but it was kind of a hard one to get and to find. And um, Banshees of Inisherin was one I saw in theaters, which is kind of complicated to see in theaters because you don't have the subtitles. It's a little bit, you know, there's a lot going on. But Ian said, you have to see this, The Wind That Shakes the Barley. And this, it's a wonderful film. It's a wonderful film. And I was totally taken back by it. And an incredible recommendation. And I double featured it with my rewatch of The Banshees of Inishirin. And I don't think I've ever had a better double feature in my entire life. That's I mean, awesome. it was because it was literally what was going on in the mainland and what was going on in this island. And it just worked out that that it's was, awesome. I didn't plan it. Right. I didn't say, oh, this is going to be a smart double feature. Like it just kind of happened. The history of all that, all that stuff that you're talking about, I Joe, there's all there. I got to shout out my, my buddy Skadoosh from, from Twitter, uh, who runs the, the movie ranking Twitter spaces out there. And, and there was a Twitter space ranking where he was just getting, like quadruple teamed about he was adamant the fact that Colin Farrell's not dim, that he's not like a dim-witted character, that just because you're kind of nice and you're kind of plain doesn't mean that you're not smart. And and yeah. he had five people telling him, No, no, Colin Farrell is a dope. He's like, no, no. And no. And, and I want and and I'm listening and there, you know, was no time to chime in. I wanted to be like, dude, you're a thousand percent right, dude. This guy oh, yeah. is a this guy's a layered, intelligent character who just, he expresses himself socially in a certain way. If and he was just a dope, this movie doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I totally agree. So, yeah, that's that's very much, very much justified there. So, all right. It's it's talking one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I so fucking I fantastic. What can I say about it? But uh, I have a movie ahead of it. I guess we'll talk about that in a second. All right. It's uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once time, I, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> let me, gonna let me start. I'd like to start. Yeah. Because, oh, Adam, yeah, please, okay, because yeah. this this you're kind of a middle-ish man, I guess. I, I am now, but this was my number one. When I was like a couple weeks ago, when I was just kind of looking at the nominees and thinking about before the rewatches, before kind of where I was, this was number one, and it was number one because I, I for the reason why I I still picked the Daniels as like I love what they did with the camera. I thought it was such a a fun, inventive story with performances that I I, I really do stand behind. The thing, though, is that about about the rewatch is that 
some of those things that make it really quirky and interesting don't wear as well the next day, right? They just don't quite. They don't quite work. And your hair me. will never be the, quite the same <laughs> way. Well, well done. Things do say, yeah, well, this is the story of a girl. Um, no, that got, uh, it's the only subtle thing they did in the movie, by the way. But yeah, um, but uh, but like all so, and mostly what I'm talking about is all of the kind of quirky things, like when they had to. All the things that she would have to do to jump universes or tie or bring in things from the other universes don't work. They don't work as well. They really don't work as well uh, on a second viewing. The heart of the 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 story, the the way that um, these problems seem to run through the fame, like you know, like Michelle Yeoh with James Hong, but Michelle Yeoh with Stephanie Shu. Like that, I think that's all great. I think the, I think the familial stuff is great. It's it's some of the more outlandish things that don't quite work for me. Um, as on on a, on a rewatch, um, which is why it dropped, but it still is very good. I still, I Joe, I know we talked about this, but the the scene where they're both rocks, and they're like, just be a rock, just just be unreal, here. just shut up and just be. Like I love that. I think that works so well. Um, some of the other things don't quite work as well, and I felt bad because now I feel like I'm dumping on this movie that is my number four because I still really like it, but it did drop. It and your director, winner, by the way, and am I am I director on the right now? Um, um, but yeah. Okay. Joe. Yeah, so, um, you know, another shout out to the circuit. Uh, there's an episode that just came out today of us doing this because this won, won the bracket. Spoiler alert. You know, so the, the family stuff really works for me. Um, I love very much because it's something I've been talking about with people forever, that the, the nihilism versus meaning, that conversation. That's just something that I found, I, I've, I read about it a lot. I talk about it a lot. So, that's something that just connects to me directly. So the fact that, you know, this is all, you know, where it's going, but it's with heart and, it, you know, love MacGuffins. And I, I love what they did with the editing and, you know, trying to watch, do the rewatch. And when they're going through different, you know, verses and seeing different things where, you know, Michelle Yeoh's a fucking inmate in one and like all, she's a cat, like all these different things just, I, I, it all really works, and I, I love the way it's all put together. I what did you? What was the MacGuffin? What, what's the MacGuffin? The everything bagel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't throw. Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. And you know, it's just I paid less. You know, I, to be completely honest, like the 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 ways to transition. Sure, but that just wasn't where my focus was because it was just so much about the family dynamics and how much you know watching like James Hung versus Ki Hu Kwan with their daughter you know how they each react to their daughters differently and you know generation immigrant stories work and now you're putting just the, you know the whole burden of the world and you know if there's no meaning how do you find meaning I fucking I just really find that interesting and I I, I think the performances all were so heart-based that um yeah, I, I, I love this is one of my this is my favorite movie in a long time, and I love this movie. I think there's a conversation that you and I have to have maybe off mic about the nihilism, and I say off mic just because I I just think that there's just perspective wise, I think maybe we need to hash some things out because I think that maybe that part of it is what I disliked about the movie, and maybe there's a we need to hash that out behind sure. the, behind that would be a long conversation room, in yeah. the locker room. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> But yeah, this is not uh, a movie I like at all. Um, Which and, I predicted. I, I, I'm no, very well, proud no, of that. No, I'm not predicted. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've been kind of, you know, semi-open about it. I think this feels right into the to the thing what I'm saying. But a lot of this modern storytelling of we establish these people that you're going to care about, and then we know what we want to do with them in the third act. But in the second act, there's just going to be a lot of the shit. Two of the biggest flaws of this movie for me, and one is much more egregious than the other. Uh, 
the first is is that it 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 thinks it's smarter than it is. And that is what it is, and we'll address that. But two is it thinks it's funnier than it is. And I don't think this movie's funny at all. I I don't I don't like I might have smiled a couple times the first viewing. I did not remotely crack a smile a second. I see a lot of Geico commercials inserted in this movie. I see some SNL skits inserted in this movie. There is the the raccoon stuff is completely ridiculous. It has no business being in this movie. It's not but funny. I love raccoonie. It's not clever. I, it's I not... like raccoonie as well. Yeah, I'm okay, a big raccoonie cool guy. Cool guys. Well, um, I'm gonna get to another thing that you guys like that I thought was horrible too. All right, the hot dog fingers, what it's goofy, it's whatever. I I I do think that they found a way to make it kind of connect. Uh, the rock stuff for me, guys, I um it's a hard fucking no. Wow. It makes me want to wow. stand up. There's and 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 my biggest issue with this movie is the screenplay. I think the screenplay sucks. I really don't think this is a well-written movie at all. I, I think that just because you have some creative ideas and some different ideas and you're doing some weird, odd, different things, that doesn't mean you should be rewarded for an original screenplay. I, I, I think that an original screenplay should be a, a well-structured, fluent thing that, that works beginning to end. And honestly, like I saw a clip on Instagram of the, the rocks with the screenplay running up, and it just... It to me, it just kind of it views like a like an amateurish like a, a, a high school kid who has a lot of like a clever, smart, intelligent high school kid that has a lot of ideas that doesn't really know how to put them into paper, putting it out there. Um, hey, let's just sit for a while. Ha ha ha! That was a joke. Ha 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 ha! Like I, I uh, it just, to me, it, it it was amateurish for me. I'm um. No, I'm getting death stares right now. I'm sorry. I mean, but I, 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 the rock stuff happens. I want to stand up and walk. The pinatas. I want to stand up and walk out of the room. It's so, it's so uncomfortably bad to me. Uh, the, the, I mean, I, uh, the, the, I couldn't disagree more about the rocks of the screenplay. The rocks. I, I've watched, watched this movie a lot of times. It works so well. Like, and, and it's all about human connection and and how finding meaning in things and god damn the rocks are so the fact that i was sitting in a theater you crying like it, you over like rocks. It as, a, as a as like a metaphor is that what yeah it's 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 fucking beautiful these two people finding connection when they've always been it's all about communication she speaks different languages and they speak back to her to different members of her family based her her father gets Mandarin, her husband gets Chinese, her daughter gets English, sometimes Chinese, and it comes back differently. All these communication problems and finally come together when there's sentient rocks is phenomenal. And just the power of how all of this now has meaning because they fell through a goddamn couch cushion and they went through, all, they fought through these worlds to finally find a connection. Uh, yeah, I guess that just didn't connect with me i mean the fact that it connected that hard with you is great and i, and I love that and 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 listen one of the reasons why i ranked this movie up a little bit is is, is because i'm i'm well comfortable with the fact that there's going to be things that i don't like that connect with other people sure and that's that people fine. love and this is a beloved movie it's beloved to almost a toxic standpoint is like there's like there's it, pitchfork no it, people who are like if you don't like this movie we we're no you know, I, people are afraid to make put reviews up that are negative i agree the fan the fans are but again we're back well, to twitter. I, no well, the extreme ones who are, there's some toxicity listen, there. well there's some toxicity if we'll, you we'll, get we'll a, if you say i don't like it and they're like oh well you're racist like that's not healthy fandom adam tagging <laughs> so uh, here here's what i'll say and it's hard because i 
I, I hear what you're saying about the, the, the movie almost thinking that it's more clever than it is. And I don't disagree with that as an idea. But I think, again, why I, I lean towards something like this versus and I, I, something like The Fablemans is because we can only stand on the shoulders of giants for so long before we need to move on. And what again, what I like about this movie is that it is taking swings. It is still, and it is still a movie about appreciating movies without being so overt about it. I mean, the the in the move for the uh, the in mood the oh my guy can't even say it the in the mood for love homage between Kihi, uh, Kiwi Kwan and Michelle Yeoh when they're in that alternate universe is so great. There are so many great um, homages to film without it being the Fablemans, without it being a Steven Spielberg biopic, which is pretending not to be a biopic, but it really is a biopic. Um, right. And I think that's, I, for me, it's just like we, the, the masters are the masters. And it's like the way that we talk about Hitchcock is the way that we will talk about Spielberg after he is gone. But I appreciate the swing. I think. Yeah. And this is the part of the conversation that I think maybe Joey, me and you have to have after it because like, I, I do think that you have like a, um, there's a level of thought that you have about this that goes beyond what the movie reaches out to me with. Uh, and maybe that's the nihilism that we're talking about, but I, I the Stephanie Sue character, I don't like how that character's written. And, and I think that my first watch, I took it out on the actor and my second watch, I'm like, no, I think she's kind of trying to hang the best she can with what was written. Um, I don't, I don't just, I don't like how that character is really written. I don't, I don't, I, I feel like they're, they're trying to make her very, I, I think, I find her very annoying. I find her, I don't find her apologetic. And I think the whole movie centers around is like, you need to just sympathize for this person who listen her mom is her mom is trying to keep this business afloat here she's trying to keep everything going here like let's give a little love to the mom trying to get get things going here and it's like all right we're gonna drop out of school and then like i'm gonna disrupt your whole party and your whole tax thing just because i need to have all right adam adam's waving right i i all i guess this is devil's advocate but i don't know how much i agree with it the the master class in tar the student that takes the beating from Tar in that scene. Those are the people who sympathize with the Stephanie Shue character. There, it, well, it, no, no. I'm just saying, yeah. like there, there is a real like everything that you're saying. Like, what is like what's going on with her? There was a whole group of people who were like, no, no, no. What's wrong with Michelle Yeoh? It's like right. Which, well, which okay, is, which, is, which, which is tough. I, 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 and, and this is this is this is hard too, and this is where I'm gonna come out like the old man yelling at a cloud, like, <laughs> but like when you have a line in your movie that's like respect your elders is a term that needs to be thrown out. Like, I get that there's maybe there's a new frame of thinking that 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 embraces that, but like uh, that's just not. I I. I don't like how the grandpa character is demonized. He's a shitty person in the movie. I get it. Like he's like that's that. But like, the I think the movie embraces this fact that like old people are bad. Like I just don't. I don't love that. Like I don't. I don't love that. It, to me, if you're gonna have a shitty character movie, make it about the character, not about his entire demographic. A little bit. I, I, that one line about respect your elders. Throw that out. Like I don't like that. But I am fine with the idea that if someone's not healthy for your life, you don't have to just pretend they are okay because you're related. Yeah. But I think the biggest yeah. issue is I think it goes back to the 
the the all about communication. Like Michelle Yeoh calling saying that she's you know fat isn't as insulting as she takes it. It's just because they're coming from such different places they can't connect on a on a line. She's neither of them are being they're shitty to each other but it's all because they're just coming from different places they're not able to connect do you dislike the daughter or do you just like Jobu Tabaki I have issues with how it's written I don't I don't it's not about like like what you just said right there where the mom says like I don't like that choice to have her say that right there but I, that's I, something that happens I know and, and, and it's, I know. it's coming from a place of like this is how I care for you but she's taking it as a place and it's just a, showing generational differences where if we have a discussion about where we're coming from different places we can get to the same place because the fact that we do love each other that we're not actually toxic for each other well that's well that's that's what God that's what pisses me off about this movie though but that's what's is there this, that's why no, the rock no, no, scene is so no, fucking no. good this is what pisses me off about the movie though is that there are moments of extreme heart like Man, that fucking scene with Keo Kwan and her with him like all fucking looking like a stud, like all uh, dressed up. A double and I'm like, Kwan. Hey, you know, we I would have been happy doing laundry with you. God, that's fucking great. Yeah. Like that's a fucking moment, dude. Beautiful. Like that, like yeah, so it's like I I think one of the reasons why I'm so critical of this movie is is that there's I just don't think the dots are connected perfectly. I I <sighs> I think I, that- I, I think it yeah, yeah. Man. I think the dots are all there, and when you look at when you when you get to that climax and how it the paths they you, all took to get there. That's so great. It, I love that you said that. Is like Kieran just said the dots are not all connected, and Joey's like the dots are all there, and I'm like like the the dots are there, but they're not all connected. And I that, like that's where I play the middleman because I agree. Like I think yeah. all the dots are there, but they're not perfectly connected, and I don't think that they. This film isn't about perfectly connecting the dots so for better or for worse that's kind of what that's kind of right. what the end result is i gotta throw this out here too is is that like i thought daniels was one guy like i just thought daniels was like a guy and i'm daniels <laughs> like and i watched the movie and i'm like god this movie feels like it was directed by two different people and then i later learned that daniels are two different guys and it does kind of strike me as a movie directed by two different people and to me that's there's a dot connecting thing there with that but um listen joey i love that you love it i i love that there's people out there that are and listen this is going to be our best picture one this year one it won dga one pga when it will be it will be a it will be an all-time shocker at the oscars if that envelope opens up the way so we'll have an episode to hash all this out oh, with sure. two years we're gonna go fucking although nuts. i will say Last, La La year, <laughs> last year, we uh, we had the same moment with Power of the Dog. All right, are we on our last movie here? I think it's so. time. Yeah, I think this is a great way to end this. Danger Zone. Okay, it's Top Gun Maverick. Fuck my number it. one. It's my. I mean, here we go. Shoot me down for this. I think it's. I think it's one of the best movies of the last twenty five years. I think it is going to be looked at as an all time great film, and I think whatever wins Best Picture this year will be that movie that it's like, wait, Top Gun Maverick didn't win that year? Who won? Steven Spielberg said it all when he pulled Tom Cruise aside and was like, you saved the theaters. You saved Hollywood. Top Gun Maverick has absolutely everything anyone could ever need in a movie. It has the fun. It has the tears. It has the action. It has the membrane. There's a uh, there's uh, there's layers to it. There's 
Uh, there's the David Lynch of it all. If you want to think that maybe all this is limbo or this is if you want to if you want to get weird with what actually happens within this movie. Does, does he live? Does he die in the first 10 minutes? Like, who knows? But all of that is there. And we have Tom Hanks fighting through. Nope. Uh, who? Uh, uh, we have Tom Hanks with a Dutch <laughs> what, what? Southern uh, New Orleans <laughs> accent going. Why? He started with them pills. <laughs> Why didn't he listen to me? He should have listened. I have my Christmas sweater around. We have Tom Cruise fighting through a awkward 10 year production period into a pandemic, into a this. This uh, we're 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 slewn out into this year, um, a kind of awkward revival of Miles Teller, who who kind of fucking crushes into this. Kind Jennifer, of, he's fucking great. Jennifer Connelly just comes down like a goddess from <laughs> from heaven in the center of this movie. This, uh, honestly, dude, I, I I have not talked to one person who is like that movie's that movie's not so good. I don't really like that movie. You know, like it, it's it's. They're to out me, there. Yeah, but you know what, to man. This you know is, what the problem is, is? It's such a it's such a clear best picture of the year. It's not going to win, but uh, to me, it's to to me. Let's let's go. Listen, let's go. I think the problem is people miss the point of the movie, and they think because it's a nameless, geographical, impossible villain that it's bad. But that's not the point of the movie. Like that's. That's that's unnecessary criticism, I think. I fucking love this movie. Um, shout out to my dad who said that anyone who doesn't vote Top Gun Maverick is a moron. So I, <laughs> um, for context, this is the only of these movies he's seen because he yes. and he's watched it like 20 times. And he says he's like, I'm not watching them because none of them are this good. So I respect his absolute absurd digging yeah. in. So shout out to him. I, I, I love this movie. Um, I'm not going to say how many times I watch this, but whenever I'm like kind of bummed out, I watch the two minutes, 15 second scene. Um, <laughs> because I fucking love it. I mean, you've all, you've, you've mentioned some of the things about it. I, I It's just one of the few, I mean, the two things I would say that have really haven't been said yet is that it, it's really one of the few times that critics and audiences have actually come together and been like, yeah, this movie's good. We should, we should talk about it and, and praise it. Um, and the thing that elevates it, and and I think, you know, why I, I honestly was a little surprised we didn't hear Tom Cruise's name is that scene with Val Kilmer. And I can't remember yeah. the last time that we actually, we saw Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. The last time we, we really saw Tom Cruise just not be a movie star, but be an actor again. And um, we watched that again, maybe just like two or three nights ago. It's gripping. It pays homage to the first one just enough while being its own thing. Tom Cruise yep. is trying again. Joseph Kaczynski, I, why this film is not up for cinematography, I don't know. I don't know. Or I, director. I, or director. Because we just, he's not in the club or what? Like, oh, God. The cinematography well, is that's, brutal. The only person in the club of this batch is Spielberg. I just want to be fair. Yeah, well, mm. well, I'm just saying that they're, they're, they get genre biased. And, and Kaczynski has been... He, he's very action and action only gets up for technicals sure, and then I, they're I, against okay, heart. That, that, yes, that's kind of what I, I meant understand. by that. That's what I, I meant by that. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why I reacted that way is the question I was going to ask is, is it, is it crazy to consider a Val Kilmer for a supporting actor? I mean, not, um, I, mean, I know he doesn't do the voice when he speaks, but, um, is that, that like, is that that different than Judd Hirsch? No, no, it's not. Right. I, I'd prefer Val. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What a, like, what a wonderful. 
I mean, what just a wonderful moment the, that they could have had there with that. He he's physically in a scene, but he plays. Oh, he's the, the impetus for everything. Arc. It's right. crushing. It's crushing. You know, but then you're, you're reminded of the weirdness of Tom Cruise with like the the, the sex scene with him and Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> that he's not really a person. Like you watch that, it's like, ooh, he doesn't know what to do. You know, in a movie that's <laughs> a movie yeah. that's pretty blemish free. That is like the one thing. It's like it's like a this is weird. It's the only right. type of the movie where I'm like, this is. <laughs> I don't really know what's happening here. It's like somebody should have. He need somebody should have helped him. Uh, when he drops down out of that window, though, like that, that's great. great. Well, no, great. and then it, it kicks. The back daughter's in. fantastic. You're totally too. right. No, you're totally right. Yep. But like that, the in the bedroom, it, it's just like, huh. It's like, oh, he d- okay. he doesn't know what to All do right. here. He's he's confused. <laughs> oh man. It's like he would be someone if they like in that seat if they like made him smoke a cigarette he would like hold it with like three fingers for some reason. <laughs> like he just doesn't know how that functions. He's so removed from like reality. But. He's fucking great in this. I Miles Teller crushes it. I this is Rooster through and through. He, he does. Holy shit! One wish, and I'm not even. I, I, this isn't even a criticism. I wish John Hamm was a little bit harsher. Honestly, I kind of fucking love John. Hamm. <laughs> no, I, I'm not even criticizing. Like I love well, him. I just, I just wish he was a little bit more. Man, I don't know. I Ed Harris too. I just, Ed Harris was great. Perfect. Um, I think they're just they're just maybe one day we'll just have to be a, a, a Top Gun. We'll Maverick do the episode, Top Gun, yeah. Top Gun Maverick, and we'll just go all in. That's the other thing is I'm not a Top Gun guy. Ditto. Like I'm really not. Yeah. Like yeah. and and we'll oh, shout I love out. Top we'll Gun. We'll shout out 1001. That's one uh 1001 by one. It's one of your best episodes. Is Top Gun. Oh, uh, that was the most yeah. I've ever disagreed with a 1001 episode. I yeah, was but yelling no, but at the. I was it, like, it was no. One of one of only a few times that Ian and I sang openly on uh, on mic. Love it. The other one was when you did the South Park, uh, Uncle Uncle Fucker. You nailed the lyrics. Incredible. Okay, so there we go. Th- those are all the Best Picture nominees. There we go. It's time for the patented BPC Awards. MVP. Here we go. Let's do it. Joey, who you got? So I did just acting in general. I think there was just so many just good acting. acting performances. Like I couldn't acting. even like. I know. I feel it's like, like John Lovitz. It's such like a douche thing, but like I'm like, oh man, I just really fucking love. There's just so many really good performances, and I felt a variety of things. And from Landon, okay, acting. I'll I'll mind segues. Well, Tom Cruise is my MVP. Um, the vision of this, the Spielberg, the clip of Spielberg coming being like you save theaters, like uh, he's not gonna win Best Picture this year. This should be his Oscar, like his pro- pro- as a producer. The fact that he waited until it could get into theaters and have people do it was so fucking yeah. brilliant. It's amazing, yeah. So he he's my MVP there, uh, Adam. Uh, I just want to do a quick shout out because every filmmaker up for Best Director is also up for best original screenplay. I don't know if you clock that, but that's a thing and I'm Oh cool. I yeah. think that's amazing. Uh my MVP is Martin McDonough, who is up for oh, yeah. producer awesome. and director and original screenplay. Other people can say that as well, but because it was my number one film, I'm going to go with Martin McDonough. Fucking will he it. will he get an Oscar this year? I I actually think I think what I've seen in the past is people I do think divvy the votes. I think I think it'll win best original screenplay. I do. And then yeah, they'll they'll go they'll go everything everywhere with the yeah. later ones. They'll give them the, yeah yeah okay. Um, LVP. I'll go first. It's Tom Hanks between Elvis <laughs> and Pinocchio. He was f- 
unwatchable this year and destroyed two movies. Can I, He's white. Can I go next? Because mine is mine yes, is yes. Linga. It's biopics. Biopics uh, are the losers <laughs> this year. Love it. I fucking love it. Okay, so I, I, I told Joey that I have my LVP so quickly locked in, and he looked at me like I was like, uh, you know, like I was, uh, I was evil. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> you guys are going to agree with me on this one. This is, is going to be indisputably agree with. So my LVP this year is Alejandro Inaritu. <laughs> because yeah. what the fuck, dude? You don't do shit. You win two, you win two fucking directors in a row. You don't do shit since Birdman. So that's 2014. Well, the Revenant. That's, the Revenant. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm right. Oh, it was Birdman into the Revenant. Yeah. So the Revenant is is 2016, F- right? 15. Yeah. 15, 16, yeah, where the awards are 16. 16. Right. Yep. All right. So you don't do shit for fucking six years, six, seven years, and you fucking shit Bardo <laughs> out your ass, and this is what we're dealing with? Like, this is what we waited for? And they give you nomination with cinematography? LVP... Suck it. Yeah, oh, I'm good with go. that. Yeah. And I love Alejandro Nato. I do not love that movie. All of his other movies are great. That movie sucks. Bad Bardo movie. is garbage. Movie sucks. Honorable mention. Shoot a little love out to someone. G- can I go first in this one? Yeah, Because I, right. I, I, I feel like I, need, I owe this movie something. After Sun is my, uh, is, is my participation award. Should have gotten screenplay. Um, I think could have been considered for supporting actress. I'm not a big fan of giving little kids Oscar nominations, to be honest with you. I think it shouldn't almost never happen. But this is one that we've considered with. And um, yeah, I love that uh, the BAFTAs have the first film, like uh, the first, yeah, first film great. award. That's yeah. great. But yeah, After Sun is my uh, participation one. Uh, that was going to be mine. But, um, you know, for the to, to, to just keep it different, uh, the score of Babylon, I'm going to do. Because I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I will watch this movie at some point, I promise. I, I, I will. But I'm so happy I didn't need to invest <laughs> that three hours. Uh, Adam? Uh, my participation award is going to a film that consists of three letters, and that is RRR. Ooh, oh, nice. Uh, I think I love, love that one. This movie is very long. And if you're not into it, I get it. But it but is it moves so fast. It but but it, it just plays into the campiness. And I oh my god, that that the not too not too song that's nominated, that moment is so great. Like this movie is very campy and very silly, but it's so much fun. It's fun like Top Gun Maverick is fun. So I, I, I highly encourage people to check it out. I agree. Big RRR fan. All right. This is always a weird yearly fun one. Here we go. The the time machine recast. So take Anyone, anytime, we have an, a relevant role here. Put them in that relevant role. I'll go first, okay. I guess, all right? Yeah. Because it, it plays off of one of yours. I, I mean, I defended Elvis hard here. So yeah, you, you had to think. One of my biggest things with Elvis is, is, is that I really don't even know that Hanks' performance was that, that bad, other than the fact it was Tom Hanks. We'll never really know. Because I think the biggest issue with it is that it was Tom Hanks. Like, in the baggage. He carried such baggage. If you look at the definition of baggage, it's like previous examples of this person weigh down the opportunities <laughs> of you to like them. Like, it's like literally like... He's also really bad in the live action right. of Pinocchio, so I well, think we can go past uh, that. Yeah, I'm not addressing that. But yeah. <laughs> there's, some, there's many issues with that. 
Uh, all right, so I'm recasting Tom Hanks' role. I have the time machine of it all, and I want you to tell me... So I have the modern-day guy that I'd like to slide in, because I don't want to just bail out and pick someone who's dead and, and be like, yeah, this great actor would have done a wonderful job, right? But So I, I want you to criticize me that. I have the modern-day guy, but tell me about this old-time actor who's no longer with us. Do you think he could have made this work? Adam, I'm directly asking this, and then Joe, you go next. He's, he's in a movie that is one of... It was in your top ten, uh, Joe. George C. Scott, do you think he could have pulled that difficult task off? The one thing I would say about George C. Scott is that he's not very charming. I've never seen him play charming. He plays confident, but there's there's supposed to be like a like a smug like ugh, quality to the colonel. Like a smarminess. And I just don't know if George C. Scott, I don't think it would be bad, but I don't think it I don't know if it improves upon the role. Okay. All right. Same, same. Yeah. I think we need a competent director. Okay, all right. So you're, you're just, you're just. Bare. All right. So the modern day guy, I thought that because because I think you have to go down a scale. You have to make, you have to bring someone into it. They went over the top. They they brought someone who's already famous into this thing. Dean Norris, who played uh, Hank from uh, Breaking Bad, uh, was also in um, the Arnold uh, Total Recall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dean Norris, I think he, he kind of looks the part a little bit. I think he could have. Uh, he could have been a guy that, that could have made the Colonel character work a little bit there. Joe. So, uh, you know, I also did Tom Hanks and uh, the Colonel. Um, and, you know, I, I, I went with someone dead and I don't love it because, you know, it doesn't super make sense. But whatever. It's Time Machine. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. I think would make that doing backflips to transition to scenes work. You just... You, um... I'm just scared of the fact that that role brings the actor down. You know? I, I so think Tom I, Hanks I was actively someone bad. Below it I, to... I hear you, but I think Tom Hanks. What do you, was just what do you bad. think, Adam? Uh, well, I, well, I have, I have, and maybe it leads into mine because I have two, and one of them is Tom Hanks um, in Elvis. <laughs> uh, oh, so, all right, we, we all we all went the same kind of route. Uh, but I do, I do have one I don't want to leave out uh, out uh, outside though. So, but for the Colonel, I went with somebody who maybe takes it bigger. Maybe makes more of it, and I went with uh, I went with Christoph Waltz as uh, as the Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually amazing. It would be you so did, much more menacing. You, you finally like like that 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 finally won Artie over yeah. on on Elvis. Like that that's the only thing that Artie could ever make. But here is my this is this is my my real one, and I and I thought about this because I, Ana de Armas is just so painfully miscast in Blonde that. I, w- I went with somebody who I thought could do not just that kind of role, but was, but, and I think more importantly, looks and was curvy like uh, Marilyn Monroe was. And I went with Christina Hendricks as Marilyn Monroe. Oh, oh all right. I, I don't have a ton of relationship with her, but I, you know, and I that's, know who she and is. That's the thing is like, I think, I think because of her, her previous work in a period piece like with Mad Men, I think that she fits into that world better just way more right natural into that era than it makes sense Ana de Armas does yeah that makes sense that movie's still a pile of shit though yeah so. that's true that's true. yeah <laughs> that's the worst um, movie of anything we've talked about by like a pretty well, considerable and, and margin adam you you messaged us and said there's there's out of all the movies talked about there's one that is no does not belong in this conversation that's it's the one you meant blonde yeah. yes yeah, yeah. 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 agreed um, okay, guys. So I'm gonna give a little. Uh, let's let's do a little plug zone for 1001. What's going on here? What's uh, tell the people about what you do, and what's coming up? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, well, we take films out of the book, 1001 movies you must see before you die, and we talk about them. And we, and me, Joey, and and Britt, uh, we all 
bring our perspective to it and we we talk about it and at the end we try to figure out does this deserve does this film deserve to be in in a book of films that you got to see before you die um uh this week we are dropping uh, a pal and pressburger film the red shoes uh Literally, tomorrow night, we're discussing a film that scares the ever-living shit out of me uh, in The Seven Samurai, which is one of those films that's like, how do you talk about this movie? Um... Uh, but yeah, no, and we've I, we've I think we've got a good wide range of things. You mentioned we've mentioned Lynch a couple times, and we got a great like back to back thing going on. The Lynch ranking is great. I think that's going to be a phenomenal. Me too. Episode. I can't wait. And yeah, and and we got a we we also have discovered that this is a very L.A. centric era uh season for the show um as oh, we've whoa, covered- oh like like every other no we <laughs> really went like yeah. a little ridiculously in <laughs> yeah I don't, we, we didn't really catch it until i think uh la la land and there, we still have at least two more okay yeah yeah and you guys uh had a, a wonderful lighthouse episode there um great episode that's not a that's not a movie where just there's just problems with the second act it's just a one-act movie where there's just all problems but <laughs> oh no um, just kidding. Joey, worst picture cast? Still kicking around there? Yeah, worst picture thing? cast coming. We're uh, next, a week from today, we're film, we're recording. So the two days after we release this, um, we are recording an X-Men movie ranking. So all 13 X-Men movies doing deep dive wow. rankings. I will not be watching most of those. I, I'll watch the ones that I've already watched. And I will, I'm going to watch Logan because like, yeah, Artie's been, Logan. Artie's been hassling. Oh, me have you not seen Logan? I have not, no. No, oh, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Been telling me to watch. It. You should watch Logan. I don't know what else to say. I mean, that's that's. This it. was awesome. This is yes, a great year. It's always a blast. Um, it, this was as much fun as last year, and it lived up to my hype. I like built this up in my head so much. Adam, Joey, this is uh, this has been a, a great conversation awesome. here. I actually thought it was going to be a little nastier. I thought uh, I thought it was going to be a little more heated, but uh, I think we we always find a way to come to the middle with. with yeah, this. because and that's that's the fun of what we do. We could fight, but we all understand that we're all coming with thoughtful opinions. Um, I do want to shout out Below Freezing too, uh, Adam. You got Below Freezing. I think I will be. I'll be Sharknadoing with you. Soon. Yeah, you, you're gonna. We're gonna. We're coming up to the end of Sharknado. Uh, holy shit, those movies. Um, and Am I on the last? Released, one? The six, is six is gonna be the you'll, last. One? You'll be on six. Yes. Oh my lord. Yeah. Uh, the last one, and we uh, we are uh, we and we just released White Noise. Uh, the Michael Keaton White Noise. Trish. To be fair. Um, yeah, it's not good. Uh, and then we uh, we we have another we have another movie breaking them up, which is a movie that we haven't seen. We have an Owen Wilson vehicle coming up. Well, maybe I'll just leave it leave it there for now. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, continuing to to just delve the depths of. Film. <laughs> and I, I do want to shout out our buddy Mike over at Cinemus. Uh, we're all going to be doing a crossover episode thing. We all pick movies for each other. And we're going to be doing cinema episodes on the movies we chose for each other. This is one of the most like fun things going Indeed. into that we've done. Like I've yeah. had so much fun like talking about this, and it was just so good. Such yeah, a good I, idea. I picked for Adam. Adam or Joey, I, you picked for me. Think, yep. Adam, you picked for Oz. Joey or, or um for um Grant for Grant for Grant. Right? Grant picked and for then, Oz. And, and Oz picked Oz, for me. Oz picked for you. Yep. Yeah, so there we go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so everybody enjoy the Oscars coming up here. And um, yeah, I guess that's all. We got we got good stuff coming up here. We, we sh- we're gonna have episodes on Patton, on Parasite, on Unforgiven. Mm. Good stuff coming up here. We got some good movies coming up, uh, and then the rankings of all of them. That's just which oh my god, the rankings, the best. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We want to hear everything you have to say. Please contact us, DM us, do all they got, rate, review, all that stuff. We'll talk to you soon.
Enjoy the Oscars. Hold me like the river Jordan, and I will then say to thee, you are my friend. Carry me like you are my brother. Love me like a mother Could you be there?